This is Corn Stars, part of the Herpetoculture Network, with your hosts Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics and Chris Painshap of Badlands Herpetoculture. Enjoy. the cosmic octopus that rob stone talks about uh, it's completely possible uh every message i send goes through sms facebook twitter OnlyFans, fans uh, instagram tiktok uh truth just just pick that one it's great everybody just needs you know we hit everything nice oh well this is episode six of corn stars uh which is brought to you by the awesome folks at silent hill reptiles JT and Mindy are producing some incredible stuff. Check them out. Um, maybe getting some stuff from them. I don't. I'm so I'm, space is the issue. Like there's a ton of stuff that they they're producing this year that I would really like, but I don't have anywhere to put it. And I have babies on the way. I know I say that like every episode of every show, but it's the truth. <laughs> you can't be like Jake and just have half an empty rack just chilling and hanging out. Look, I'm Ready. sorry. Speaking I up. plan ahead because, like, I'm I've got literally from between these two people on the screen right now, that rack's probably going to be filled this year. And I'm just saying, I just don't. It's got to be there. I plan ahead. Unlike you some do. people, unlike you do. some people, well, apparently, he planned ahead with the incubator when he got those popcorn eggs. Yeah, I did by using mine. Exactly. <laughs> I planned. I planned ahead on using yours. No. So normally we do THP. Uh, but figured it'd be a good Corn Stars week because, you know, Chris was like, hey. So we have Chris uh, Painshab, obviously. Painshab. Shut up. Painshab. <laughs> we just went over this. A bad lens or pediculture, who is the normal Corn Stars host. Uh, and then we're joined this week by Chris Montross of Dark Horse or Pediculture. Uh, and so we were like two people that we talk about a lot. It's like, Jake, if you're not doing anything Thursdays, it's not a THP night. It's Corn Stars night, which means no Nerodia. <laughs> and here he is. <laughs> we sit down for 30 seconds, and what do we start talking about? Nerodia. Yeah. I will I will give him that. So I, I, I'm still working on editing that video of the collection. It's like an hour long. For real? Yes. Oh, and God. so I'm like going through it. I'm like, it's killing me. Um, I'm only like a quarter of the way finished, like with editing it. It's it's rough, but Jeez. huh? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, seeing his water snakes and stuff in person, especially the, was it the citrus Florida ones that are the darker ones. Yeah, the citruses are the. I like. The, the I do like ones. those. They're, they're all cool. They're but... also those are also super cool because they're really just like interactive. Like they just like kind of come on out and see you and hang out. And... They're the boppet of snakes. Yeah, they come out and they like just chill on my knee, man. They're the only ones that are calm, right? They're the only calm ones, so I enjoy them. Thank you. Because they're Floridas, that's why. Yeah, it's the only thing in Florida that is calm. My Dixies aren't terrible. <laughs> my male's kind of psychotic because he's still really small compared to the female. But... Dixies are pretty shy. It was yeah. less than three minutes, and we're talking about Nerodia. I, you know, I figured once again it's gonna happen regardless. So let's yeah, just. Go you ahead. brought it up. You're the I one know, who brought this up. All right. I, I, I see a, a a banner with a with a red mark across Corn Stars and just says <laughs> Nerodia File Hours. Yes. <laughs> Nerodia files. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I love it. 
Can I get? Can I ask? Can I ask no Chris Montross one question about Nerodia before we really get wrapped? I will wrong. allow it. One question. Okay, with male with Make male Dixies, do they grow slower than the females? Oh, all males do in general, but yeah, all definitely right. Dixies for sure. Okay, because my Ponchatoulas from you are about at the same level, but my male is like dwarfing my female at this point. And... That happens. Sometimes you get that, but like Florida's, right. like my Jessup's Dixies. And even the Hendries, they're they're the males are like always like at least half smaller, at least. Okay, okay. At that least. makes you feel better because he doesn't look skinny, you know. No. He doesn't look skinny, but he looks tiny. So I was. Just, yeah, they just they like, don't eat as much, they don't gorge. Okay. And they cool. just don't have the growth rate because they don't have to reproduce. Okay. Good, so, good to know. Good to know. That's, okay, that's it. That's all I've got. All right. <laughs> Silent Hill reptiles, check them out. Uh, they are actually going to be putting up the some new stuff that's available here, I think. The 4th or the 6th, maybe? June 4th, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that they're going to be posting that on their website. Um, I'm very excited to see what they're going to be putting up because I know they've been hatching out a ton of stuff. I don't know exactly what they got cooking or what they'll have posted, so we shall see. And then blackboxcages.com. So we just put out a video on the YouTube channel. Showing off Jake's black box oh, stuff and how he's that? yeah that one is up okay um, cool. just, he he doesn't watch our YouTube channel you didn't tell me it was up <laughs> all right I'm a busy guy you gotta be like yo the black box video is up and I'd be like word and I go watch it he watches all of my OnlyFans videos so <laughs> you're I was gonna goddamn say. right I do and I pay for those oh what are you are you my silent tipper my man <laughs> it's called silent for a reason. It's anonymous. <laughs> so Anyways. we showed off his black box racks and cages. Yeah. Uh, feedback from that was pretty good. There was a couple people that the actually so the shim idea that you had where you have the other half of the shim or other part of the shim in like the back. Mm. Our buddy Joe Rosa was like, Jake just solved a problem I've been having for years wow. within like five minutes of the video, and I was like, oh, perfect. Good. Sweet. Good to know. That makes me feel great. Yeah, because I felt very accomplished when I did that. I'm not gonna lie. I was. I felt very, very smart. But yeah, good. Yeah, so check that out. Check out Black Box, Facebook, Instagram, blackboxcages.com. And uh, we are here to talk about some uh, corn snakes and some emery eye. But what is happening in Texas there? Which you, uh, how's the season looking? Well, uh, so far... We have Jani that have hatched. We got six beautiful babies came out, all strong looking, uh, all fussy and hissy like they're supposed to be. And they've already started uh, going into sheds, so we'll be able to start sexing those, get them set up and fed, and off to new mm -hmm. homes soon. Uh, man, just about everything I wanted to go this year is gone. Uh, I've got alternate eggs on the ground, uh, four or five clutches of corns. Uh, the Chinese beauties are probably 20 days away from hatching. Uh, black pines laid the other day, got five beautiful eggs out of the black pines. Uh, Northern pines are right on the cusp of laying. She's right there. Uh, she's full of eggs. So I'm fingers crossed. Those are good. Uh, and then I think I've got one more alterna and maybe one more corn snake that might be going late. And that, that's it for my season. Um, and it's just hatching and taking care of babies and garg eggs and probably some Chinese cave gecko eggs and some coleonic. I paired up some, uh, brevis. Uh, last weekend, uh, so we'll get the little coleonics babies going. And yeah, it's been it's been good. It's been an uh, awkwardly hot year, 
uh, really. Oh, there goes Chris again. <laughs> so bad that it, his his collection heard him and kicked him out. Yeah, it's that fancy microphone he's got. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you. Oh yeah, I'm back. Oh, and he's back. He's, he's taking a sip of his beer. Like, what a, sorry, I bumped my phone. What about you guys? How y'all doing up up in the South Carolinas? It's so weird when somebody says up in South Carolina to me. I'm so it's used like to saying up. Really far north. So yeah. I got the two clutches of cord eggs cooking. Um, I got a lot from my Pied Blood Reds, but I don't. She just shed like literally today. I came like this morning. She hadn't shed, and then I came home from work and she had shed. And I don't know if it's a prelay or not. She doesn't really look gravid. Um, so I don't. We'll see. Uh, and then the Buford County girl to my darker ladies island male. They're both in shed as well. I haven't really gotten anything out of them, so I don't know what's going on there. And Aird's clutches. So, yeah, other than that, just hurry up and wait now is the uh, for, for stuff to start hatching. Yeah, that fun, endless wait. Yep. Chris, what do you got uh, going on? Everything. Too much. Oh, I was just, <laughs> a little stupid questions. Like, <laughs> How silly of you. <laughs> I don't know, man. I've, uh, most of my season's about done at this point, I think. Uh I may have a couple of double clutches still left to pop from some of the last ones that laid like the black rats and Everglades and trying to look at my cages to kind of get a remembrance of a, yeah, that's probably it. There's one or two others that were like maybe going to go and maybe there's still a window for them to drop like some yellows from North Carolina and, uh, other than that, it's really just a few a few gravid waters left to drop some first time females, and I think that's I think that's about it. Still have a handful of clutches still cooking, about ten eggs, ten clutches of eggs still cooking at the moment. Oh, most God. most of the, most of the stuff is uh, is is hatched and getting started. Some have already left, and uh, I'm in in midst of baby season. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, right in the thick of it. Yeah, I'm realizing I already need to start putting money to the side because your stuff is hatching, and I'm like, fuck. I just spent all my money moving into... I just spent all my money moving into a house. Now I have to resave again in a very fast amount of time. Yeah, it's been a good year. Like, most of the stuff is, like, you know, getting snatched up, grabbed, spoken for as soon as they're hitting the ground. So, except for some of the stuff that, you know, I had multiple litters of and so we'll once those last ones get get going and feeding them i'll be able to post those up but a lot of stuff is uh got names written on top of their containers already so pretty yeah, grateful good, for that good place to be in yeah yeah that yeah. it, it seems to just work out that way i'm i'm very very grateful for it i assure you yeah that's awesome absolutely well chris you want to do a maybe quick introduction as to who and why you are uh, so uh, involved in locality projects. How you became everyone's dealer. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're a locality dealer. Bow to the horse. <laughs> the dealer of, of derpy colubrids, you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. Stuff 
they're not ball pythons. I can't help it. Sorry. No, uh, I don't know. I think for me, it's just, you know, I've kind of worked with a little bit of everything over the years, especially having been in the zoo profession for many years that like, I kind of fell back into working with stuff that relates to me spending time in the woods and in the field growing up and still to this day that, you know, there's a lot of cool natural variety out there that I don't have to necessarily just go for the most colorful modified through captive breeding sort of stuff, you know, if I don't want to, you know, and so I tend to find that working with a lot of these rats and waters and few kings that, uh, you know, there's a whole lot of variety if you just look across the range for these guys, and that just fascinates me not having to go elsewhere, and it seems to be like a, you know, kind of something overlooked, so to speak, you know, I mean, I can go herping in one area and see a rat snake that looks one way and go to another area and they look completely different and it's no more than a couple hours apart at most, you know, yeah. so it kind of keeps, keeps a level of fascination for me in it and that being able to compare the different habitats with phenotypes and all that kind of stuff, you know, I mean, some areas vary a lot more within itself and other areas are pretty stable within that area. So it's, I don't know, keeps me interested if nothing else. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, on this, on this show, we're going to be kind of focusing on the Gutatis complex. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people lump Embryai and Gutatis into the same same pool. Uh, and so corns can range, I believe, from up as north as New Jersey uh, down to the mm -hmm. southern tip of Florida. And mm -hmm. uh, Embryai uh, has fingers all the way over into uh, New Mexico and up into Colorado as well. Utah. Uh, oh, that's right. They go all the way up into Utah. Yep. Uh, so, you know, this is a, a wide ranging species that uh, mm. physically, uh, as far as shape, it's very similar. There's some size differentiations depending on locality, uh, but it's kind of neat. This this complex that is passed over very often as a locality uh, phenot phenotype uh, animal actually has a huge spread. Yeah. Um, it's 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 amazing, you know, comparing stuff from all the way over in Utah and New Mexico down to Key West and, yeah. you know, up, up to the two spots in Kentucky. I mean, they're just it's all over the place, man. It's all over the place from lowlands to highlands. I mean, it's 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 crazy to see the variability, not just phenotype, but even body structure. Yeah. You know, these guys, you know, I mean, obviously you see a bit of a body structure from east to west, you know, as you get from those arid lands out, out your direction and farther west compared to these hot, humid forests out here in the east. But uh, just, you know, whether you're in the, the Appalachian foothills or, or the Keys or South Carolina low country, I mean, there's a huge variability in these guys um, that just, I don't know, for me, just keeps it keeps it interesting. Yeah, it's, it's a really intricate <laughs> complex that, uh, again, it gets, it gets glossed over a lot uh, because of the, the, the corn morph market, of course. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, even into Emory, I has a, has a pretty uh, cult following of, of uh, morphs and stuff in there. Yeah. Uh, but, it, but it's, man, you know, if, if somebody really sat and picked out snakes from each part of each of these states, I think I think a lot of people would be really surprised uh, yep. as to what they what they what they look like. You know, uh, yeah. just I mean, it, straight up just looks uh, mm -hmm. it's 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 really it's really neat, um, you know, kind of in that sense, what what. I think we even talked, you're, you're not currently housing too many now, um, but what, what, uh, locality, uh, Gutatis complex animals are you housing or have you housed before? Um, at the moment I've got mostly Eastern range stuff in my collection, in my room 
at the moment. Um, just uh, I've got a couple Keys localities, North Key Largo, and some old Big Pine Key look specimens. I think I'm out the F. We're out the F3 on those. Um, OKT Hunt Club stuff. Uh, I've got some from the South Mountains Range in North Carolina. Uh, I did have some Horry County, the Myrtle Beaches, but I decided mm-hmm. to make room for some other stuff and 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 move those out a year or two ago. Um, and they've been doing well with the the guy that got them. Uh, I wrote this stuff down so I remember because <laughs> even looking around my room, I'll I'll blindly miss over stuff. Um, <clears throat> obviously, Solinsky has got the the Natchitoches Parish. Uh, ones from the eastern part of the range, which I, I really like those Louisiana specimens a little better than some of the Texas ones. They tend to get a little bit lighter as you get more into that emery range and this that mahogany color that these Louisiana animals have. They're just just mind blowing. The first time I got, I got to see them, dude, they're so pretty. That burnt umber kind of yeah. Like yeah. I mean, just being aware of them over the years, and then I got finally got to see them the first time when I went and visited. Uh, my, my good friend Bill that I work with a lot of my rat snake projects with. And uh, when I saw him the first time, I just looked at him. I was like, this is the coolest thing you have. Like, yeah. this is the coolest thing I've seen in a long time. And, you know, and in general, a lot of people may just consider it an ugly animal. And I can't, I can't argue that to an extent when you, when you compare it to, you know, a nice OKT or even a lot of the ones in Florida and stuff like that. I mean, they don't have the bright colors and stuff like that, you know, that you, you see in some parts of the range uh, for this for this group of snakes, but man, they're just, there's just something different about them that just, just really struck me when I first saw them. And I don't know. I don't know if it's maybe not 10 years. I've probably been working on them seven or eight now, maybe something like that. So really, really cool looking at They're, they're, they're exceptional specimens. And and I think you're right. They do. I think Slowinski in general has kind of been glossed over in the hobby. Uh, You know, a little later we'll get on to, into talks, uh, taxonomy, and some of the changes they've uh, kind of gone through inherently with that, but but just regardless, you know, it's a it, it's a it's kind of off spectrum for a lot of things, regardless whether it's locality people or morph people. Um, and, and I think that's I think it's really neat that you're working specifically with just that locality. And anybody working with Slowinski at all, it's just yeah. a really. I mean, most of the time when I've seen them over the years, of anybody actually putting any effort into producing them it's always been some those one or two texas morphs that yeah you know have made it into culture the mm-hmm. silver leaf and the there's a black one too i don't know uh, there's a, there's an anary uh yeah yeah i don't even know that i've even seen too much of that i've seen lots of pictures of the silver leaves and stuff but um uh, i know there's at least a couple of them out there that kind of float around on yeah kind of low-key more than anything I, I don't know if they just haven't become popular for whatever reason or i, I don't know but they just I, uh I, I've got a group of them, uh, of Silverleaf, and then some uh, head anaries. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Anytime I talk about them or post them, people are like, wait, wait, what are those? What morph corn yeah. is that? And I'm like, yeah. well, it's it's the whiskey yeah. and it's this other thing. And 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 if you even took mine that are just heads and compared them to, to the locality ones you're working with, I, th- I think you have a lot uh, lot uh, more handsome specimen. Uh, yeah, just, I mean, the, the, the Texas like. animals have their own appreciation. You know, or I've seen – Photos people have sent me along the way that you know is this you know is this a you know a Lindheimer eye or is this you know what is this and I'm like no man you got a little Slowinski there you know a little baby you know yeah. and you know they're you know I can tell they're different I can tell that it's from farther west of the range but they're still it's still a cool animal that's been kind of like you said glossed over for a long time it's just an integrate for a long time and a lot of folks still consider them that and it's fine whatever I, that make no difference to me no. I mean 
it's it's a cool animal and if you just you know different parts of the the range within that <clears throat> within that species or whatever you mean, subspecies um, where you're at with that um you know they're still really cool really cool animals oh yeah I think we paused on the on the Slowinski eye, but yeah, even in, in, in moving west, you've got a, a Mealmorum, uh, an Emrei Emrei, and then a yep. Emrei uh, Intermontane. I believe is the right way to say that. I maybe yeah, yeah. Intermontana, I think, was the way it was originally written. Yeah. As when it was the Lafay Gutata. Mm -hmm. Now it doesn't really matter because nobody wants to recognize it anymore anyway. So, you know, <laughs> it is. We just whatever we call it. Yeah. Intermontane rat. Intermontana, whatever. As long as we put something like that, then people understand we're talking about the ones on the western slopes of the Rockies that are isolated off from the plains specimens. Yeah, you know that sort of thing. Do you uh, do you keep any of those, or have you kept those? I, I have, yeah. Uh, uh, with Bill, he he's kind of his big rat snake buff, and uh, he's kept all those and collected his own stock of those. And so I was keeping Intermontana and breeding them, as well as some uh, Alpine Texas stock and alpine that i'm telling you man like you guys spend some time out there you should uh yeah uh did my thing no my thing didn't go away the screen changed is that Jake? Uh, yeah. okay i just thought something happened when the screen changed there um <clears throat> the it, it's for you guys to get like especially you chris to get to spend time out west uh, oh, yeah. uh check out the alpine area it's it's oh, yeah. the, I they're, they're, it diff they're, they're different they're different in that town than they are yeah. outside the rest of the way and that was the main reason when Bill wanted to just get some emery eye for himself to work with, he picked that area because they're just, they're different looking right there. And if I, when I looked at the geography, it looked like it was maybe kind of sitting up on a little bit of a plateau and kind of isolated off from the surrounding kind of area. And, um, and, uh, but uh, my management in my room, a lot of, I've struggled over the years with some of these Western, more arid species. They just hate my humidity. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so for, for the time being, I'm not keeping them in long-term periods. Um, I'll have me have them for a handful of months or, or whatever, maybe even a year period. But some of those guys just like, they take my humidity. And for a while I wasn't kind of monitoring it. And when I bought a bunch of probes, put all around my room to kind of see what my room was doing. I was like, Oh yeah, no wonder you guys hate this. This is terrible in the summer, mid summer. Yeah. I mean, in the wintertime it's fine in here. I mean, I got 20, 30% humidity, but in the summertime, I'm literally like grateful if it's only 80, you know? Yeah. And so it's just, you know, those guys just, they don't tolerate it. They get respiratory issues and, don't tolerate any of that. So at the moment, I don't, I'm not working with a lot of those guys, at least long-term. I don't have any breeders of those. Um, Bill's still messing around um, with those um, at the moment. And once in a while I'll, I'll get the litter. I'll raise them up for a while and he'll take some of them back or whatever, whatever we end up doing at different times. Yeah, absolutely. That, uh, you're kind of hitting on that uh, humidity issues with those Western, excuse me, with those Western animals. It's a good, good, good time to kind of peek on like maybe a comprehensive idea of depending on range and where they're at, uh, the care for these animals, um, how you do it or, or what differences maybe. Yeah, you see. I, I think just like uh, on the whole, a lot of it just kind of depends on where everybody lives, you know, because how I can keep my animals, how I manage my animals is different than maybe how you do or somebody in Minnesota or somebody in Seattle or, you know, I'm sure Yasser manages his man animals up there completely different than some of us in the Southeast or somebody in Arizona, just because, you know, between being able to use focalized heat and you're in choosing to use focalized heat or using ambient, using heat from through a window, you know, at certain times of the year, relying strictly off AC and, you know, different sort of things that there makes 
management choices very different you know and like this year i'm actually trying to manage my humidity differently this year I'm playing with some things between using my window managing the ac in the from the house a little bit to try to keep my humidity low and have a de dehumidifier in my room to try to bring my humidity down because it's only going to benefit everybody regardless of what part sure. of the range they're from anyways because humidity just is it's moisture it's funguses and molds it causes issues that a lot of us and don't really have the ability to evaluate or understand so my goal essentially is just the summer times now going forward is trying to figure out what it takes based on the way I keep my animals to get it down. And until then I won't mess with a lot of those, any of those Western rat species, you know, for any long term, at least, especially during the summer months. Cause it's just, uh, they don't like it. They don't sure. like it at all. So, but you know, I mean, most people, I mean, all the red rat complex, I mean, they're, they're pretty hardy and pretty tolerant of how most of us all kind of keep our stuff, whether you're just keeping them in racks, you're keeping them in cages, doing displays, you know, want to go bioactive whatever you know most of them are pretty hardy and tolerant of most of what how we keep them and just keeping in mind just great relation for any of our herbs that oh yeah you well know, at least our temperate bluebirds i mean you don't really necessarily want that with your rainbows and your bloods and some of your other more tropical species that really have to have that but uh you know colubrids really thrive and when i kind of started doing mine uh <clears throat> doing a lot of these these guys years ago is I really took a page from what is in Dusty Rhodes book, which Chris and I, you and I were just talking about the other day, um, yeah. is basing on the husbandry practices in that book for subox and just basically applying it to how I do all my animals because Rhodia really have to have it as well. And it's mm -hmm. only going to benefit everybody else, sure. you know, just ventilation. I mean, it's just, you know, we're, we're keeping them in closed up environments. So, you know, Getting, getting that stagnant air out of there, getting fecal odors and stuff like that out of there. They poop in the water bowls, you know, while you're at work. The more ventilation you got, the better it's going to be for everybody, you know. So, um, you know, those those kind of things are, I think, super important no matter kind of which style of husbandry you really, you know, kind of go with. I think I think you're completely right. And, you know, this, you know, we're talking about Gutatis and, and the like, but with a lot of these North American colubrids, there's, there's three things that I see consistently help that's ventilation uh, a clean environment you'll get that ammonia yep. smell out of there uh, yep. you know pitch office crap bigger than my uh, chihuahua uh, uh cl cleanliness uh and, and and then clean water constant yep. clean water talk about animals that have uh snake wise some of the highest metabolisms we're going to be encountering in, in any of these non-venomous uh non-racer type animals uh and and when they need water they need clean healthy water to get them yep. through their system and you know don't yep. you know I, I use distilled water with a lot of things i try my hardest to not use distilled water with snakes i think there's minerals and benefits to uh to using uh real real good clean water um that's not been uh distilled or, or deionized um but yeah i mean you 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 we we cannot hit on that as, as a group uh more uh such a such an important uh thing yeah those, that kind of trifecta yeah. And that's, and that, those kind of, some of those, those focuses are always like, cause we all, you know, we all have our herp areas set up certain ways that work for us for all the reasons of cost, ease of cleaning, 
choices of how we like things to look, you know, but there's, you know, but for me, it's like, I'm always trying to improve on that, on those few key things. Like if I feel that, that like, I'm, I'm not good doing good enough, you know, which is always, you know, we're always second guessing what, what we're all oh, doing. Oh, of course. Of so, course. you know, it's always like, you know, like, damn, I'm tired. I really don't want to do this, but God, these cages really just need to at least minimally just have substrate changed out. Yeah. You know? And that's going to take 15 minutes or more for each one of them, you know, and it's just, got to buckle down make it happen you know yeah that you know coming back from a herb trip maybe you've been gone for four or five days you know they need clean water whether you've had them before and they pooped or not you know they need clean water and you gotta get out there and do it yeah and for stuff like that like when i take like trips like i just did when i just a couple weeks ago i went up to philly for like four or five days like i and like when i go down to daytona see you guys like i i I plan that a couple weeks ahead of time and i fast my animals before i go so that there is as little fecal dropping while I'm gone as I can get away with because it's just yeah. like, you know, water snakes are going to do nothing but crap in a water bowl on me. You know, yeah. the, the half rat snakes are going to just go up to the front of the cages and, and poop if, you know, but if I fast them, then that whole process is drastically reduced. And when I come home, it's aside from not having a whole lot of work to do in that capacity, I, you know, I can walk into my room smells fine, you know, you know, they're going to poop. There's enough animals here that somebody's going to guys, happen. Yeah, it's yeah. going to happen, but it's not like, you know, like I fed four days before and yeah. the room is <laughs> an absolute, like I'm walking into a rodent room or something. Yeah. So, you know, just trying to do some of that whenever I take trips, I'll do it. You know, like I said, when I go down, see you guys in a couple of months, it's going to be the same thing. I plan that out ahead of time, make sure my last meals are done. Enough time for them to pass stools before I leave. And hopefully it's not a nightmare when I come home. And usually if I plan right, it's not. You know, I was explaining to somebody uh, recently uh, with rat snakes, corn snakes, pitchiopus, um, not so much king snakes. King snakes are a little weird in what I'm, what I'm about to kind of t- say. I, I'm more worried about a, a big pitchiopus pooping while I'm gone than I am about it laying eggs uh, if I'm gone for that three, four, five days. Because I know they're going to lay their eggs in their egg box, and that egg box yeah. is set up with the kind of oh, maintained yeah. humidity. Yep. Uh, and, 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 you know, yeah, I'm the same way. Like, yeah. I knew stuff was going to happen while I was gone in Philly for the four or five days. Yeah. And Kim, Kim was always just like, do I need to check on that thing? He's like, nope, everything will be fine. It's fine. It, you yeah. know, stuff stuff was pipping before I left. Stuff was laid while I was gone. But I have yet to ever have a snake not lay in this box. Because I, I I set my next boxes up in a way that these guys are always happy with them. Yeah. You know, they I, they never go under. They never lay them somewhere else. They, they always put their eggs in the boxes. And... No, but I don't, you know, sure. It's on my mind. Like I don't want it to go like, it's Oh yeah, of course. It's somebody drop their egg somewhere else, but you know, generally have overall dry cage, you know, that nice, moist, dark, concealed, secure nest box. is the go-to place. Yeah. Especially when you've got that ventilation moving good, they know that, okay, I've got ventilation all around here. I I have smells, I have movement. And then now you have this isolated, uh, yep. egg, egg and I leave, and, and my nest boxes with anything that's gonna maybe even breed uh, with like at least with the egg layers and stuff. They've got nest boxes all year round with them. Yeah, like I always have them in with them because some of them are gonna double clutch and I I, I cohab most of all my stuff. And so some of these guys, yeah, they're gonna go and reproduce at that set time after cooling and cycling. And other ones are gonna be like, yeah, let me catch up with you guys in like four or five months. I'm gonna do what I'm supposed to do. 
Yeah. So I'm always I'm always on the ready. Or if they're going to double clutch, and I hadn't really noticed that they're that they've swollen back up, and I'm just thinking it's just from feeding them up, and I haven't taken the time to actually go through and palpate them. I, I don't have to worry about it. Like, they're they're going to go put it where it belongs. Yeah, I'm my to, uh, I, don't, I don't have to concern myself with it. My my Everglades that I, I got from you a couple years ago are are kind of yeah. like that. I they just started breeding, which they bred late last year, and I co have mm -hmm. them year round, and I cool them kind of through the natural cooling of my room, and uh. They, they have a nest box. They actually have a cool side next by, bo nest box and a hot side ne nest box uh, just year-round. Uh, that yep. way, because even when she was gravid last year, I couldn't tell. Uh, they yeah. have relatively Yellow small eggs. Yellows are, yeah, yellows are are, are are tough to tell a lot of times. They just they have smaller eggs, small babies most of the time, not all the time. Um, Gulf hammocks kind of fit into that same boat. They tend to drop smaller eggs, and I, I actually struggle with some of my bigger like yellows and, and Gulf hammocks to actually tell that they're gravid because yeah, it's the eggs are small, like Gulf hammock babies are tiny. And so it's, they just, these bigger, heavy bodied obsolete snakes just hide those eggs really well, you know? Um, and, and anything related to those yellows that, that really seems to be the case. So that's, they've always got something in there. I don't have to sweat it, you know, yeah. if, 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 if I just happen to not catch these guys usually um, being gravid. So it, it works out pretty well. So on your uh, on your Gutatis, uh stuff, do you cohab them as well? Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was another uh, locality I forgot to mention. I do have some Devil's Gardens. I oh, do have man. a pair of, of, of F2 anneries um, that I impulse got Daytona a couple years ago. I don't mm -hmm. think the guy wanted to sell them to me after I grilled them for like 20 minutes before I was willing to buy them. <laughs> but I got all I needed to know to know that they were legit and how they came out from down from wild animals. And so I, I was... I, I caved and, and, and got some, but, uh, um, there, yeah, but most of my guys are, are cohab once they're at least sexually mature. I, I did a little bit more cohabbing with younger ones and I've backed off of that a little bit for a while and trying to compare notes from past to present. And, um, the adults generally, as long as everybody's eating well and tolerating each other, uh, they, they all stay together in, in whatever breeding, group pairs of trios whatever that I, I i decided to do with uh you know i'm going to kind of take a little caveat or a little little side turn on what you were talking about your uh devil's garden and areas mm -hmm. um one thing that's really important with locality animals and, and i think this is true on any locality breeders um we we want to make sure once we're specifying the locality of an animal, we've, we've broken down beyond even taxonomy, current taxonomy, past taxonomy. Now we're breaking it down to this this kind of uh, small niche section of what, what we want to see uh, uh, specimens look like. And now localities can have different phenotypes. And we see that through a lot of these species, even in the, the emery eye uh, and, and Gutatis complex stuff. Um, but getting them from a good breeder chris you know one of the reasons we've worked with you so much is because we know that you can puke the lineage out uh immediately on most of these things yeah um, <laughs> and you know you'll see a lot of these animals for sale uh, it, you'll see a lot of animals for sale whether it be uh, uh any of our online platforms uh where, where, where stuff's sold uh and and message the person you're buying them from and get a little bit of lineage information on them uh, anybody that's working with locality animals will really actually truly producing locality animals will be happy to tell you the background of those animals. Uh, and, and that's really, Unless they're just shady. And, and that's the thing, uh, you know, you, you get online 
you maybe you find a, uh, a, a a devil's garden animal like you're talking about, Chris. Uh, somebody's got a got a they're, they're selling some de- devil's garden aneries, and I, you ask them those questions. Hey, you know these are these are devil's garden aneries. We can we can find a lot of aneries that are going to kind of fit that phenotype. Uh, really dark, especially as babies. You don't see they haven't gone through ontogenetic change. Um, they're all going to have these dark saddles, very light base. And, and I could say, hey, these, oh, maybe I've tacked another $15, $25 on these because they're devil's garden animals. Uh, oh, they're F2s also. And you message me and, uh, you know, hey, you know, c- can I get a little bit more inf- information on those? It sounds like you produced them. Uh, if you didn't produce them, who did? Uh, you know, are they F1s? Are they F2s? Uh, who collected the parents? If you didn't collect the parents, where'd you get? And then you find out they came from, uh, y- you know, a, a well-named pr- breeder, you know, a, a Soderberg or a, one, one yes. of these. And I'm not I'm not saying that he produces those, but the people that have known to be yeah. working with these animals for a long time, you're 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 in the gold. But if, if you message one of these guys and oh man, you know I don't know, they're just this. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I'm not saying don't buy those animals because if you yeah. want those animals your collection, uh, if you trust. Yeah. That even leader, even with that, when I bought that, I bought yeah. that they were a yearlingish pair. Like honestly, I don't remember the guy's name. Like I should have taken his business card and I didn't, but I grilled him hard enough that I got yes enough information yeah. to know that they were legit. And and his his adults were F ones. They came out of a gravid female, you know. And and his adults were all anneries. They came, you know, the whole litter. Was, I got enough out of it that like, I I, I normally don't buy animals at Daytona or yeah. and, and I don't go to other shows just because it the show generally doesn't fit my niche of acquiring animals. And sure. even, even though I go, I go and buy books. I don't know that there's a show that actually does. <laughs> <laughs> no, there isn't. There's not. But uh. Yeah, it's just not my general avenue for acquiring animals. But like, I'd wanted some, and they were a good price, and the animals looked good, and and so I said, screw it, I'm gonna get it, take a chance, you know. Sure. And you know, and I'll get some other animals if I stick with the project down the road, you know, as far as uh, breeding them and 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 hanging out with them. I'll, I'll get some other blood either by being down there or or through somebody I know that's that's collected their own stock to add some fresh blood to the gene pool eventually, but I'm still not there yet. So they, they may go this year, but females pretty young and small size. So I don't know cool. that I doubt they'll go this year. If so, yeah. they'll give me like four eggs, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, and that's she, cool. oh, go ahead. she was a bit of a dinker for the first kind of year and a half, like just kind of a lazy nonchalant feeder. But then I cooled them this year and then she like came out of it and she's like, Oh, this is a great idea. Let me, <laughs> let me go ahead and do this. Food and now she's awesome. like, yeah, yeah, it, it just you know. So who knows? Maybe next year, maybe later this year. We'll see what happens with them. Absolutely. And, and while people are out there trying to acquire uh, locality animals, you know, you'll see a lot of stuff get posted on Facebook. Chris uh, does a good job of that in locality rat snake forums. Um, you know, we're not allowed to sell animals on Facebook, and we understand why. And there's rules we have to follow. But don't be afraid to reach out to people. Uh, you know, I, I've talked to people that are like, oh, I, I know this guy works with this, and. I message. I, I wanted to message them, but I just don't want to bug them. And it's like, yo, I'm literally sitting on the toilet posting pictures of snakes. Please bug them, right? Like <laughs> the only reason we're posting pictures, literally. Yeah, we're we're wanting other people. I mean, that's literally what I do. I mean, when I'm going through cleaning cages and stuff, I'm like, damn, that snake looks good. Take some pictures. Take yeah. some pictures. I have to take pictures of that for a while. Some of it's just documentation for myself to like have photos of these guys going through their changes and how they look at that particular year, time of the year, whatever the case may be. But at the same time, like those animals excite me and I want to find other people that they excite too. you know, they, they go, damn, that's cool. I like that. You know, it, it may only be five people in the whole planet that thinks my two of them are right here. 
yeah, my silly yellow <laughs> rats or some odd locality of, you know, water snake that, you know, I'm fascinated by and think is great for whatever stinking reason. But, you know, there, there is other people out there that, that do find that passion. That's one reason why I work with my buddy Bill on some of our rat snake projects because he and I have the same kind of obsessive level about, you know, enjoying things in their natural form as much as possible. And that's not to say I don't like morphs and I, I actually have quite a few, um, but in, in, in a locality fashion <laughs> at the moment, you know, I mean, if you're worried about people bugging you about that, then they just, you know, you shouldn't be selling snakes anyway. You should be on social media. Yeah. 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 I mean, that, like, you know, it's, that's, it's that easy. Like it, it's the only reason I'm even on social media. Period. Yeah. Well, you're you're messaging people too. It's not like you're calling them at midnight and like, yeah. hey man, right. you know, it's like, yeah. okay, I'll get it in the morning. You know, I'm about to go to bed. I'll see it. It's right. there first thing in the morning. I'll I'll respond. You know, it's just like me. Yeah. But I get it. I mean, I've been I've been there before where it's like, you're sort of intimidated by someone, especially you know some of the Condro guys and stuff. It's like, it's a little, you know, I guess intimidating. There's a lot of, right word, a but, lot of different personalities in the herp field. I mean, there's oh, yeah. you know in, yeah. in, in herp culture, I should say. I mean, it's very um, evident, you know, at going to any of the bigger shows like Daytona, and I'm sure, tinly enough, others, you know, you, you go to some of those shows, and there's 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 some characters, you, you know. Nervous as shit. The, the first day I messaged Jake. Uh-huh. <laughs> I messaged well, you first. Well, if you had sent him anything song. other than a dick pic, it would have been easier. But you know, you got to start where you can. Swing for the fences. Oh if you don't, if you don't come out and just shoot for the for the moon. Right off the bat. Then. Hey, if you miss the moon, you'll reach the stars, Justin. Don't forget that. The Coach. sun's right behind it oh, somewhere. Trust me, I saw the moon. If you know <laughs> what I mean. Yeah, uh, Poor Jake. You get <laughs> so much hell, man. Yeah. yeah. Wrapping up on that Sounds idea of, of, of messaging people. I, I will admit, and I've been, I've been a, a culprit of this as well. You, just because we're saying that it's just fine, reach out, talk to people, bug them, you know, mess up. You, you're not always going to get the answer you want. Uh, nor mm-hmm. the attitude you want, and and yes. that's the cool thing about social media. Uh, fuck them, you know what I mean? Like, if, <laughs> if, if if you reach out to somebody with some kind of a comprehensive idea of what you may be interested in, and you know, just asking, and you maybe don't get the best response you get, which I have probably, like I said, been culprit of myself, uh, working, doing a turnaround or something, and, and somebody messages me, and I'm just like, hey, you know, not right now. Uh, maybe I'd never heard back from that person again. Uh, it, you know, and then they go and say, "Man, that Chris Page is a dick." Oh, so many people say that. Uh, but yeah, you know, that's you know, that's. I mean, so I literally tell people to bug me when they when they want something that I'm got eggs from or maybe gonna produce. I'm like, look, I get like a couple people a day message me asking me about this or that. Like, I can't keep up with it. I tried doing list years ago and found it extremely a oh, huge waste of time. Like, just bug me. Watch my posts and bug yeah. me. You bug me, you have the best chance of actually getting what you want if i'm producing it because i i I can't keep up with all these different people asking me for five thousand different things it's just i don't message montross that much because all i ever envision is him just in his room like (laughs) in the lab just hyper focused on all the all the things and taking all the pictures of all the clutches and stuff he's got to keep up with and it's a lot like (laughs) it's a lot it's a lot I swear, every time I find a rat snake or a Nerodia, I message him. Regardless, I, I don't even care. <laughs> Look what the fuck I found. That's good. I appreciate that. I yeah. like that. It gets it's, me excited because I'm going like, damn. Now I need to go down there and see some down there. You know? Yeah. 
Oh man, yeah, that's you know we'll we'll kind of. If it wasn't already an eleven-hour drive just to Houston, much less all the hell way down in the bottom of the earth where you live. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we're we're gonna here in a second. We're gonna jump into field herping and kind of like how we've collected these animals and how we find them. But before that, I, I kind of actually wanted to hit on on you know we're, we talk a little bit about taxonomy and we kind of talked a little bit on that on on the range of these animals. God. Damn, how good did it feel for Mealmorm to come back to this world? I mean, <laughs> that felt great. But I, I just, but with that, at the same time, there was a letdown that Inner Montana didn't get, didn't get yeah. hung up on the post. You know? Yeah, and that, that was 2021. That was last year, I believe, in March when that, that they were all reclassified. Yeah, um, uh, you know, it, it's, Meal, mealworms are rude. <laughs> <laughs> my, my personal story on that is is me and uh, me and Zach. Uh, have gone back and forth on whether Mealmorum was a species or a subspecies, or you know, go by the trinomial name and and whatnot. And and you know, he told me, and he, when he finishes his book, and I and I get a copy of it, I told him you better sign it with that exact language, and, and that is, <laughs> you you do not get to beat science unless you can prove it with better science. And oh my goodness, the the second they, they that that paper was published, I was just angry messaging, look it, look Zach, we did it, I made it. Uh, you know, because the, the beautiful thing about him and a lot of these guys is is we, regardless of what we think personally, we have the appreciation for the science behind it. So, you mm-hmm. know, obviously with Obsoleta, there's been a massive change on taxonomy. Uh, and we saw that also in, in the Gutatas complex. We don't have to agree with it, um, no. but we're we're kind of in that. I believe the shirt says Obsoleta forever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's the best one there is right there. <laughs> there there's a. Uh, there's a little bit of a, a sidestep we have to take and say, we, we don't, we don't really get to beat this without better science. And, yeah. and I think that's, that's starting to prove itself out. We're starting to see that better science. Uh, you know, Lof, Lofman was very correct in, in the way that he put it in that it's not actually our decision to make. And that if we want to continue to fulfill these uh, locality lineages, uh, what difference does it make? What scientific name we put on it? You know, a, a Gutatis complex animal from, uh, uh, Santa Rosa uh, County is is going to be indicative of that county, probably regardless. Uh, it's very odd that you would see uh, different uh, phenotypes or a large, a massive difference of phenotypes uh, in a county, uh, even though you may be on a split line where on the east side of the county, it's it's, uh, you know, a western rat on the I'm sorry, west side of the county, it's a western rat, east side, it's an eastern rat. And I know there's situations where that might even happen. So. Yeah, it's it's kind of kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's uh, it's I think some of it just comes down to with with where we all accept it is is what we're comfortable with, what we yeah. think makes the most sense, and like particularly when the paper that came out a little over twenty years ago came out, and nobody really paid attention to it until unfortunately it became printed in the Bible of field guides, and then so everybody's like, oh wow, this is what it is now, and then yeah. new papers come out. This, this year and last year that says no not really and yeah. those make a little bit more sense than the last one so you know you just always just go back to a laffe obsolete and call it subspecies and be happy with them <laughs> <laughs> uh so if, if we're looking at uh subspecies and species uh, corn snakes uh are, are uh pantherophus gutatus wasn't always just gutatus right there were there were other right. uh subspecies uh, could yes. you kind of pontificate on that uh well, I mean, one of the cool ones is the rosy rat, pink rat from down in the Keys. Uh, uh, as I understand it, is that pretty much was sunk by the time I was getting into herpetoculture in the late 80s, that uh, 
most of really just the lower keys was truly considered the the, the, the keys rats although most at this point just kind of consider any of those insular ones down there to be to be rosies um you've got regular emery you got regular you know red rats that kind of cover the whole east coast for the most part um you've got your thorn scrubs that had their own subspecies there for a while and are back again <laughs> like a heart attack uh the intermontana was given at least a parenthesis subspecies for a while and disappeared and is i guess staying disappeared for now um oh what else i guess that's and then you've got kind of the integrade which is where slowinski is now that was just considered an integrade and that's kind of transformed a little bit over the years between range and and uh going up to species down to subspecies um and i kind of like it where it's at now personally i kind of think that makes the most sense when sure when uh when john sent me that paper when it came out <laughs> uh 20 or in 20 or 21 whenever that yeah whenever that one there, I, yeah somewhere in that, that that blurry couple of years of covid <laughs> that we can't really remember when shit happened um i liked it. i just immediately read it and was just like okay i like that i don't i don't have any reason to argue with it like mm -hmm. I, I work with slowinski and working with them even though they're a bigger animal and they have a little bit more of a build of of a, of a gutatus like their temperament is an emery's like mm -hmm. they sit there they're chill you mess with them and they get spazzy you know yeah, and, they and, freak they out. and they just freak out they get they get easily upset and so i'm like okay i'm good with that i don't i don't i don't i don't feel a reason to 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 contest the work that uh i i think that's hillis david hillis and and, and his team kind of did if i'm not mistaken if i remember the paper correctly um that you know versus some of the other changes of the past number of years that make everybody just immediately scratch your head and <laughs> why, why did that why did that happen why i don't understand yeah it doesn't even, doesn't even make sense yeah, these people I mean, don't even get to put their names on these animals. Why are you literally making right. them all the same thing? Right. Like there's, you know, and, and I'm not, I, I don't have the academic training to argue it. Uh, I can respect the opinion of other people that do have that backing and their opinions about how some of those rearrangements of taxonomy have happened and, and agree with them, you know, when some of these things happen. So, you know, that's most of what I can go with. But for, the, you know, for me, it's hard to go and take some of these rearrangements of late and bite into it in wholeheartedness, you know, and that's just from a layman's point of view. Only. Yeah. And again, cause I don't have the academic background to, to do what these guys do. Yeah. And to really yeah. judge their work from a, a technical standpoint. I don't know. I don't have that. Never claim to have it. You know, it's not mine. I can just sure. look at it from a point of view of, of working with the animals, or seeing the animals in the field or both and going, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, it's, know a that like, it's a lot like the NFL draft or college scouting and stuff like that. It's like you're going to have people that are like, that's a crap. Like, why would you pick him to be, you know, a linebacker? It's like he's he's not that good. Yeah. You know, it's very similar in that aspect. It's like you're, it, it comes down to, you know, opinion and numbers, I guess, and a yeah. weird amalgamation of both. And again, so it's all just gets... like proposed. Any of this is all always all proposed stuff. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I, I know most folks don't, you know, don't jump on board with the the rearrangement of the foxes. That whole complex, you know, like it's most people don't 
care for how that ended up. And I, I can't argue with them. Yeah, Jake I, won't I shut up about it. I can't argue. I can't argue that the, the the work that went into it. I can just go like I've worked in with some of these animals, and I looked at and read as much as I can, and bought more books that I can on field stuff, and go. Ah, I'm not sure I buy into that right now. I'm going to stick yeah. with what some of these states still call things, and how they classify them, and and appreciate that for now until somebody can give me a reason to appreciate it maybe a little better. You know? I, I think that's kind of one of the neatest things about a locality, uh, maybe not an entire collection, but having locality specific examples in a collection is uh, you, you can call by Neil Morum's I find in my backyard, whatever you want, but I know where they're from and I know what they look like. We can just get down to where this is just called a snake. And yep. this is my, you know, but it's I never going to change what they are. It's never yeah. going to change what they are. Like, you know, for a while there, the, the, the gray rats were, split in half according to yeah. the, the paper that came out 20 years ago and 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 now it's now it's not split again as of this year i guess yeah. and so <laughs> uh and who knows what next year will bring we don't know sure but like it was hard to really bite off that and some of the folks that maybe i respect their opinions of a little bit more kind of looked at the research in an, in an eye with an eye that i can't and said yeah i don't buy that either like that doesn't yeah. that doesn't make sense so, um, you know, and, and then that's, you know, so we all tend to call things what we do, but as long as I call things by whatever county or area they're from, like it's never going to ever change ever. Yeah. It's always yeah. going to be that you change the name every year on me. I don't care. It's always yeah, going to be that. It's always going to be a yellow rat or a, a rosy yep. rat or a, right. it's always going to be a Slowinski or well, yep. you know, a Kostachi corn, right? Yeah, uh, exactly. They used to be called. It, yep. It's. It's and they still, my buddy, them. my buddy Bill still calls them Kasachis. That's what he calls yeah. them because it's the forest where his animals came, where, where our stock came from, is in the forest. It's in Kasachi <laughs> National Forest. They're, they're always going to be a Kasachi corn to him, no matter what. You know, there, just... there's this, there's this little derivative of upsetness that happens, especially in the morph world, where people are like, okay, uh, you know, this, this is a, uh, and, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about obsolete a little bit on this, but it's still, it, it's goes directly into the Gatatas complex. You know, I have a albino black rat and I'm going to breed it to a Everglades rat. And in the end, uh, I'm not going to sell those as albino black rats, but I'm going to sell them as albino allegahensis or, 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 you know, whatever the current taxonomy is. Uh, you know, we can Back see this. They would, the, current, current taxonomy would put that as a hybrid. Okay. So, but yeah. But, and, and, and that's one of those things. These are all obsolete a complex or what we look at yep. as obsolete a complex animals. Does once we start interbreeding these things, once we start making these cool looking morphs, which they are cool looking and they are great. Yep. Does it even really matter? Uh, you know, unless it's a locality morph, it's a, you know, this is an Okatee hunt club, uh, uh, red Zeppelin, or it's a devil's yep. garden, a, a area. Like you were talking about uh, hammering yep. down on this person. Uh, the, the, this, this person selling those animals. I want to know for sure that these are Devil's Garden Aenaries because yep. that's what you wanted. Yep. Uh, if, if he didn't answer my questions the right way, I wasn't going to buy him. But he yeah. answered him in a way that, like, I could tell he he raised them, he bred them, he got the animal, you know, the the animal, the F one animals from that came out of a wild female. Like he said yeah. the right things, and that was enough for me. That I yeah. felt comfortable that he was not misrepresenting what he had, and he had babies from this year and the year before. You know, he was obviously breeding them. It wasn't something yeah. he just bought a bunch of to flip. You know, yeah. Um, and, and 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 yeah. So it's it's kind of interesting, and, and we need to kind of split that. We we have this kind of neat little domesticated puddle of of, of morph animals, and whether it's obsolete complex or gutatus 
complex animals. You know, scaleless corn snakes didn't come from corn snakes. It came from nope. Emory And yep. But what what does that matter, right? Like, at that point, when you're, you're looking at these domesticated animals, can you have pure lineage albino emrei? Yes. Can you have mm-hmm. pure lineage albino corn snake? Absolutely. As long yep. as we're not misrepresenting what we're selling or what we're doing with it. Exactly. It's, Lab- so, so, labeling, labeling. Yeah. That's you know what you call them is really what it comes down to. You know, yeah. it, you know, it's it's kind of like uh, 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 like like the the well the corn snakes for sure. Um, yeah. Those guys, but like even with like the black rats, the same thing. You've got you've got an area where you've got a brain dark colored snake across the whole upper mid Midwest east out sure. you know of animals and different colors have you know recessive genes have shown up across that range and they're all interbred at this point and still calling them black rats but with taxonomy changes that's changed two or three times now and yeah. so one minute it's a hybrid one minute it's a subspecies one in, like <clears throat> so like are they black rats sometimes they're gray rats it depends on where they're from and that's you know and it's just it comes down to a labeling game and just honestly representing whatever it is in the breed for whatever sure. reason and who, it that's features up you know, work with whatever you, whatever you like. Who cares? If I take an Okiti animal that maybe I know the lineage of, maybe I don't. Maybe, you know, we talk a lot of, on the show. There's a big difference between locality and phase. There is a yep. true locality to things and there is a phase to things. Mm-hmm. We've labeled it as such. If I take a, a corn from uh, the westernmost range of corn snakes and I breed it to something that's an easternmost range in the northern section, maybe even go up to a New Jersey or a North Carolina animal. Uh, I'm not hybridizing, but if I cross the Mississippi and I breed it to a Slowinskii, now I am. And, yeah. and, and it's it's kind of one of those things. What do I represent that animal as? Right. You know, and, and it's 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 kind of that agreement we have as hobbyists. What what are we going to represent ourselves as? We're not we're not taking obsoleta and pairing it to Gutatis uh, complex. We're not taking cow kings and pairing them to corn snakes, which still kind of mystifies me. But if you do your thing, do your thing. Uh, people, you know, people, people out saying, there that love those things, man. Yeah, and and, and 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 to each their own. But it's it's that second that we start, you know. And there's all this 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 hatred on hybrids, and I'm not saying I like them, and it's not something I have uh, in my collection, um, forcibly. Uh, maybe the best way to say that. Uh, but people have this deep seated, oh man, I just hate it, and it's like, well. Not everybody has to love us, but it's our prerogative to love everybody. You know what I mean? I, I, you don't have to like me, but I have every ounce of emotion in my, my brain that I can love you for some reason. And if that's what you like, you, you go ahead and like it. I, I don't, uh, and I don't necessarily want that. But just promise me, you, you know, as a hobbyist, we won't, we won't misrepresent these things. And, and we're, we're, yep. we're going to be gummy bears in a bag real quick. Uh, yeah. So that's, <laughs> That, that's you know, and that's, I, I think know, it just comes down to a little bit of integrity, like yeah, care, caring about what you're working with and what you're doing, and just uh, being honest with what those animals are. Yeah, you know more than anything. I mean, a lot of folks just go to buy a pretty animal, and that's great, you know. And if they're going to yeah. breed it, well, that, that's fine too. But just make sure that people know that, you yeah. know. You know, I mean, years ago when I was breeding color morphs of red rats back in the early 90s like you know we were just grateful to like have a litter with three or four colors in it man that was magical you yeah. know and, and it, but yeah now, absolutely and, and nowadays like i can't even keep up with like listening to some of your talks with with 
hair hollow and that stuff. Like I can't keep up with what you guys are even saying because I'm so far removed from the complexity of 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 it's wild recessive genes and combos. It's, it's so like tough, I can't. Yeah. It's, it's, and let's not even talk about like the Florida complex. That's even worse. Like I, th- that's insane. Like, that just, shit doesn't even make sense. God damn, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know, I went. I went uh, being good buddies with uh, John Laster. I went down a big, big rabbit hole of California king snake morphs, and then, and then some of them, it, it, you'll have like three different morphs that are the same morph, but they don't work together. But then there's like head mark. Oh man, and, yeah. and, and but and then you start getting into this like old school mentality of okay, these are morphs. These are also locality morphs. But if you take that locality morph and breed it to this locality morph, you get something totally different. And and you, San Diego gopher snakes have five different types. Yeah. I believe it's five different types of albino. Yeah. Yet it's really just two different types. There's a T positive and a T negative. There's just different lines, and they do work yeah. together, and they're compatible. And yeah. Otra vez, man, it's tough. It's, yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, it's 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 a, a, a rabbit hole I've just of late chosen to stay away from. I, I dabbled in it a little bit when I was kind of getting back into colubrids and realized like. I, I, it wasn't for me trying to to keep ahead of the the curve of you whatever can. is newest. And you just can't. Like I'm like yeah. I just can't. I can't do it. I don't want to yeah. do it. I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep it basic. Work with my with with my basic types. Try to have good representations so of those basic types of common snakes and enjoy the hell out of it. You know yeah. that's 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 what it is for me. And trying to trying to chase the newest thing. You know, granted I'll. Trying to bring a few locality, you know, recessive genes to culture myself, sure. just out of just out of chance of them coming into my possession. But that's really the only reason. Like I, it's I'm not one to go chase it, you know, and invest money into it. Like I've, I've got a couple that I'm just that I'm working with and hoping hoping they, that they will be established one of these days between obsoletas and and uh, and I'm trying to look up at the cage and erythrogaster and whatever the hell else I've got in here. Um, you know, trying to establish a few of those recessive genes, just at least so they're around because other people are going to appreciate them. I know Chris already really appreciates one of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Huge shout out to the, uh, I know which one that is. The, the Albino <laughs> Williams. Uh, yeah. Those, oh, are, man, those things are doing, they're doing real good. Minor, minor, mine from last year, are just, they're giant. I had the one little dinker that I just hung back little female that, uh, she finally kind of got on board. Like, during the winter and now she's like eats every time. Like she was a pain in the butt for like the first six months and it's going to take a while for it to actually catch up to the other group, but she's getting there. But you know, even I, with that, I don't even know if I'm going to have babies from them this year. It doesn't look like I don't, I cooled them and now they don't want to breed. So I don't know. Damn it. <laughs> I, the, the albino, the wild caught albino may still breed. I haven't talked to, to Bill lately uh, to see what where where he's at with stuff this year because uh, he's, he's been traveling so. the uh, first look. albino male that ever leaves your collection has to i know be yeah there you you have unconditional first dips <laughs> you've already you've already invested in that in in, in that commitment so yeah. you you get you you get that i think at this point unless i'm really lucky and i'm looking at cages here it, i'm it might just be a het from the wild caught female um this year uh we would have had a nice clutch last year but uh the eggs all failed uh late term for whatever reason so um but my girl i cooled the pair i was like "Ah, i really need them to breed i didn't cool them last year and they bred i cooled them for a short period of time this year 
and like I got crap. You know, one of my uh, just what it is. One of one of my pairs of you know back back on the kind of keeping it in the corn snake realm. Uh, I have a female motley, Amel. Uh, no no known heads. I actually think she's just Amel motley, and my my my, my boy Max. Is a is a yeah, does that happen? Is, is, yeah. is that happen? <laughs> I, I have a few snakes that like I literally either know exactly the heads or there's no known heads. It's kind of cool. Uh, yeah, I, I try to keep it that way. I don't like surprises. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, come on, the, man! Uh, you don't want to have like three little heads pop out and be like, "What the hell's that?" I, that's gonna happen regardless. <laughs> <laughs> I have to Hydra. My my I have, so we'll talk about two clutches. My my caramel Miami phase to caramel Miami phase. Uh, they're both masked. They're both het diffused. They're both het cinder. Um, I th- and that's it, I believe. I believe that's the. And that's Those are from that's Silent it. Hill Reptiles. That's it. And, and, he, and JT is already messing because those snakes, those babies are due to hatch any day. Uh, they're on, I think, I think day 60. They're close. Uh, and JT was like, hey, look, once they come out, just take good pictures of them after they shed and I'll help you start identifying them because some, you know, they go through an ontogenetic change. So as babies, a lot of these things look damn near the same. Yep. It's like, oh, all right. Yep. And so, and, and and that's that's part of the morph game. But but back on the on the breeding, um, you know, all my corn snakes went. Uh, my Amel Motley girl to my my boy Mac, who sired three clutches this year. Uh, he's a Ultramel Motley Tessera, uh, known head anery, uh, proven head anery actually, and and I paired him up. And dude, they locked a, a million times. And she's gone through two sheds, and I actually just paired them back up. They're still locking in nothing. I mean, nothing. And it just, it just, it's like that sometimes. We've got yep. these wild animals in boxes. Uh, yep. y- you can't, you, you can force them to brumate. You can force them to eat if it's a necessity. There's ways we can do that. We don't like to do it, but it is a possibility. We, we can force them to go to the vet if there's something, uh, you know, potentially dangerous going on. Uh, we can force them to have a good shed with with little sticky tacks, and and uh, we can we can to some extent almost force them to breed. If you've got a male that's ready to go, he's gonna get her. Uh, you cannot force these things to produce viable eggs, and you cannot force those eggs to hatch. You have no control over that. Uh, other false. Than- I've seen Jake do it. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jake. What? what? <laughs> that's what? even better response. <laughs> totally oblivious to it with my own eyes. <laughs> I see them pull the eggs. Yeah, the this, this year I'm fortunate. All my all my cutata stuff that I tried to breed, everybody bred this year. I mean, it wasn't that many of them, but um, everything everything laid that I tried to from that group. And uh, last year I didn't have that luck. Oddly, like some of my OKTs just who had bred the year before didn't breed last year. No reason why. Like they just, just didn't, didn't. Do and then they and they just and then they bred this year. Like I'm like I don't get it. Like you guys don't make any damn sense. And one of them double clutch. Like the clutch is due to hatch any any minute. Like I'm past just past sixty days, so it's sometime in the next week or so. Most of mine going by closer to seventy. Um, that last clutch will hatch, and that's actually my one. I don't consider locality because the male isn't traceable behind my pair. So. Um, but I just call them the extreme OKTs because that's what the sire came down from. Um, it was uh, uh, I got a pair from uh, Ralph Mills years ago, and uh, he bred a Sherman female, his extra Sherman female, to an extreme OKT of uh, SMR, 
And so I, I don't know anything about Don's stock, and I would bet, considering the number of morphs he does, that that male's probably not locality pure. And so I don't consider it locality pure. But they're beautiful animals. They're gorgeous. People love them. Yeah, they're um, big. Man, that pair I had from you, I, you know, I lost them in 2020. Yeah. That's, we've talked about that before. Yeah. God damn. Yeah, those they're, are some killer animals, man. They are like, I, and that's they're, they're double clutches due to hatch any minute, and uh, <clears throat> and in fact, my whole the whole first clutch, I only I, I had like twelve eggs from them, and only six hatched. The other all the other died in the egg, but they all went to one guy. He bought them all, and Jeez. and if I probably tell him that this other clutch is going to hatch, he's probably going to take that too. I don't know. Ah, um, we're gonna send some to Jake Chris. <laughs> but they're they're different. Like my my the other two groups that I have, which is pure Sherman pair that were ones that uh, Ralph had produced years ago back in looking at the cages. 16, I guess it was. Uh, man, they're just, they're different animals. Just more contrast, which I kind of like a little bit more than what the extreme pair has, which are really bred to be just deeper red and bolder colors like that, um, mm -hmm. which a lot of people like. They, they want that, that, that deep, a little bit heavier border and just deep red, less contrast between the background and the blotches. Um, these guys tend to have a little bit more of a clean orange background with the red blotches and maybe not as heavy of borders on them. And uh, that one wild caught female that I was fortunate enough to acquire um, has really added nice stuff um, to that, to the Sherman animal uh, pairing. So it's, uh, yearlings I'd say back last year are ridiculous. Need ridiculous. some ladies island corns. <laughs> no, I need a ladies' island male yellow rat snake. No, okay, so yeah, in his defense, yeah, Jake I, I has been trying, and I've been trying to help him because, like, we usually get one in like the rat in the in the mouse shed sometimes. So mm -hmm. I'm like keeping an eye out for whatever reason. I, cy I cycled that. I cycled that female, just that big female, just in case, in case we got a male a male in time, but. Like I mentioned, in fact, I was talking to Jake this morning and yesterday about it. I was like, "Yeah, we're past we're past the window now." Pretty, yeah. pretty sure she wouldn't she wouldn't take at this point. I felt, but, uh, I felt she'll, pretty. She'll bad. be ready for next. She'll be ready next time. Oh yeah, no, we're keeping That's that nail next time he pops up in the friggin' rat shed, man. So I need to breed yeah, some ugly usually, yellows. They usually come <laughs> to us, you know. It's like we don't even really have to search for them. Like they're usually they're pretty. We come across them pretty regularly, but now they, they literally find you, yeah. dude. Okay, side note on yellows real quick. I found so this was out in my parent at my parents' house in the Sheldon area of Beaufort. And middle I, of nowhere. I came across this yellow that it was just you can't really tell in the pictures. It, it's weird. But like if it wasn't an adult, I would have kept it, but it was a very big animal and I didn't at that age I don't I don't really want to take them, but it was this like the yellow was almost like this silvery metallic. It was almost whiter than it was yellow, but you could tell it was still obviously it was yellow rat snake. So we get around here, but it was this, it was just just really weird looking yellow. You like, mean you mean you found an anery and you let it go? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. No, it wasn't an anery because you could you could see the World, yellow. World's, on it. world's first azanthic caramel yellow rat snake. Yeah, just threw it out the fucking car. Thanks, bro. There, 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 there already is anneries established in, in, in culture, so we can at least say that. Or yeah. an anery-type animal, that at least that's... Dan, yeah, Daniel feels that it's an anery, so... Um, but still, like, you know, there's variety everywhere. I mean, yeah, an anery yellow rat yeah. from your area is going to look different than one from 
Central South Florida. I mean, oh yeah, in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. Oh, I don't know, or, man. Or, the yellows here are really nothing to. They like, that one. Know. I'm telling you that yeah. one. Look, on I'm grateful. I find people that like the yellows that I've been breeding for the past number of years. Like, I can't wait to see. I'm gonna find people that actually like my North Carolina and South Carolina ones when I start breeding them. <laughs> uh, I, I'll be snagging those some ladies on the corners, though. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, so let's let's hit on, on on some of those localities starting from the north. Uh, Chris, you know, you you work with the uh, North Carolina. Uh, yeah, foothills, corn snakes. Yeah, phenotypically they're 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 a little lighter. They got a little bit more silver going on, a little bit more yeah more caramels, bluey um, bluey grays with, yeah. with either 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 red or orange dorsal blotches. And yeah. uh, the one inch cool thing I've been I've been meaning to tell you guys because some of you guys keep some of these and like them. I, I've had a male <clears throat> for several years. I'm trying to look at the cage and what I had to monetize. Um. Gosh, I've had him for quite a while now, like at least five years now. Um, I've got a male who's from about 20 miles as the bird flies from where Michael collected his original stock there in Cleveland County. Still part of the south-facing South Mountain Range. Uh, he's never found any on the north side of the mountain. It's always been the south side um, that, I've, that I've had this. It's technically in a different county, but those are our lines. has nothing to do with habitat and range, and I've been trying to get a female from the same exact spot and unsuccessful because my friend is too busy in life that lives in that area. Um, and, and, and Michael Coon was just like, he's like, why, why wouldn't you? He's like, it's the same area. He's like, it's literally down the street. He's like, I can get over there in 15 minutes. And so he has convinced me I'm going to be in bringing that wild caught blood in next season into that project. Um, nice. And, uh, because he, he's only got three wild-caught animals. It took him 11 years to acquire those three animals from that area and uh, from that part of the range. So I'm going to be bringing that male uh, blood in next year to, to put some fresh juice into the, into the gene pool going forward. Because they're just not very common in that part of the range. And the habitat isn't great. And it's, it's, it's just not easy to turn up. But he's, he's promised me if he turned up one by him, you know, he'd make sure he got to me so that I could get in the program. He just hasn't turned any up in, in years now, and so uh, I, I, I gave in. I, I, I could I could see his reasoning, and I think about the way I do with my gray rats from the the, the eastern lowland cola region. Like mine are from two counties, same habitat, and as far as I'm concerned, we have a county line there. But uh, I I keep them from that two areas of the range. Um, so I'm I'm gonna put that guy's blood into the into the program and get some fresh fresh genes for everybody going forward because like mine are out to F3 I guess mine are no mine are F2 but I'm producing F3s so definitely need to try to get some blood in if we can so yeah those are uh, I, I have a pair and I don't know if I don't think it's me because I kind of feed everything around the same schedule those are small snakes <laughs> there is my female and I'm looking at the cage there my pair is 2016s and uh uh shit that female's not three foot. She's not. Jeez. Probably 30 inches. And the male's smaller. And leaner. Like little insane. snakes. Yeah. They're yeah. really not a whole lot big different than than some of the rosies and stuff. Their they're mm -hmm. build is a rose uh, for the most of the rosies, at least the lower rosies, are a, a bit more lean than these these guys, excuse me. Um, but uh they're deaf, they're little snakes. Like I don't they they're way smaller than my Okatees. Yeah. Way smaller. They're way they're, smaller. I'm, I mean, just my, mine are. I think mine are twenty twenties. I got from you or something. And yeah, they are small. That's about right. 
Yeah. They're, 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 yeah, they're I, I kept a pair snakes. back. I kept a pair back last year. Um, uh, just as emergency backup stock, just to make sure I had some on hand. Cause I meant to do it the year before. And then people talk me out of everything that's feeding and ready to go. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm really bad about that. They're like, Oh, I want some of these. I'm like, ah, okay. All right. Yeah, so fuck. whatever. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> I, I finally started buckling down last year. And like, I got to start holding some of these back. Like, I don't even know what these things raise up to look like. Like I gotta, yeah. I, I gotta be better about this. Um, yeah, there's yeah, been a couple of like, times I'm like, hey, you got this. And you're like, I might have a pair. Yeah. My big problem is like, I don't have a lot of room. And and like, so when somebody wants something, I go, yeah, I got to buy rodents. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. I'll ship it to you. <laughs> Screw it. So, oh, man. Well, Especially if you catch this. me at the, the right times of the year. It does, <laughs> I'll cave in a heartbeat about stuff. Rodents right now are oh, my hard, God. man. Oh, man. It's. It's kill. I hate. It's killing me. Like, I had to go up on everything across the board. And I, I didn't do it much, but I did enough to say like I at least went up to try to offset yeah. it a little bit. Like most of them are like they went up ten bucks or fifteen bucks. And no, most it's... of them I didn't go up much on, but it's enough just to kind of try to help offset the fact that my rodent, my rodent orders that were two fifty, three hundred tops are now like no less. They're easy five hundred every single time, and I'm having to do it more frequently. It's, it's ridiculous. If people don't know you and haven't bought snakes from you, you're probably one of the fairest price uh, snake I, sellers. I, I, I try. I mean, I, mostly just because I'm I'm historically just a cheap ass person, and like I don't want to spend a lot of money on an animal if I don't have to. I do cave and do and 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 do it from time to time, but like that's why I go and collect my own stock. I'd rather go catch yeah. my own stock, have a background on the animals, have an appreciation for where they came from, and, and work with them that way. And uh, so, like. I've always kind of tried to price it like, what would I, what would I be willing to pay for it? Like, yeah. if I wanted a bad, what would I be willing to pay for? It? You know, mm-hmm. and I kind of try to pay attention to what other people are charging for similar type stuff, and go like, all right, well, I'm not charging that much, so yeah, it's got to be at least reasonably fair, you know. And same like the anneries, like I had opportunities before I bought those those Devil's Garden to get some, and and seeing some of the prices that some people have for some of theirs, and I'm like. Ah, no, no, I, I can't, I can't bring myself to do that. Like I, I didn't. And that was one of the reasons, like I felt the price was reasonable when I came across them at, at Daytona a couple years ago and was like, price is reasonable. The guy didn't feel like he was bobbling and you know, that he actually bred him and knew enough about his animals to be feel good about it. Like, you know, it's, it, so I just try to, I, you know, I, some things like if, if I don't want to sell it, like I'd rather keep it, you're going to pay for it. Like, yeah, you know, you're gonna pay for my fox snakes, and you're gonna pay for my mangrove water snakes. That's, that's <laughs> gonna happen. Like, cause I'll just yeah. keep them. I don't care. It's and it's also just very hard to price some of the stuff that you work with because it's right. it's so niche. Like, yeah, you yeah. can compare, but there's really not much to compare to. You know, to be honest, yep. you can you can kind of set your prices at what you want because if right. somebody wants it, they kind of have to go through you. You know, you're one of very few people that works with so many different localities. So it's like, yeah, yeah it's like, why, but like, why can't you price it yeah. like a morph? You know, I was actually thinking about yeah. this just the other and, day. And it's like, yeah, everybody I, I've, I've been told about that for years. Yeah. That exact thing. Like, like you need to go up, you need to go up. And I'm like, ah, you know, my, my rodent bills paid, you know, yeah. I get a few bucks here and there. I can afford my Daytona trip is covered when I go, you know, usually just by whatever I'm bringing down for a delivery to people. So they don't have to pay for shipping. Yeah. You know, my, my stuff gets covered. If I need to buy cages, I got the money to buy new cages. I got money to buy my shavings. You know, 
I, I got the money to do it. As long as I'm doing that, then like, and I'm not, you know, and my wife's not complaining about how much, you know, that, 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 that stuff's not being covered. Then, then yeah. I'm, I'm reasonably content. And usually it's yeah. just, I, I, you know, I try to charge what I'd be willing to pay and, and I'll charge more if I don't really care about getting rid of it. Like I said, yeah. Like, like, I'll just keep all the fox babies and mangroves, which I've been doing with the mangroves anyways. Like I hadn't let anybody go for three years. I think Look, this year finally maybe it's going to happen. Have, I think this year. You don't have to keep all the fox snakes, buddy. I promise. You well, keep most of them, I, I think I think the two clutches right now are more or less spoken for, even though I haven't completely written down names. Because, but I still got another clutch cooking with Bill for my other pair. So. Why don't try your old buddy Jake's name on? on I'll, 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 you'll get a pair. Don't worry about that. Man. <laughs> we'll get you a pair. I, 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 I still. Oh man, I probably haven't talked about this before. I, I lost my mail. Uh, oh, did you really? Last? No, man. Last year, my females—they're both rock solid. They're both rock yeah. solid. Uh, last year, one of the three snakes I had die—three or four snakes. Uh, you know, in a collection of a lot, so I that probably sounds yeah. terrible. I've done murdered a couple animals. Uh, no, <laughs> no, I straight it up happens, like, man. yeah, my male dude, a lot. my female's huge. She will fly out of the cage to eat. She's gorgeous. Uh, my male just pulled open the tub, dead. And, yep. and you know what's what's messed up? I have read this and I've heard it from a lot of older people, and and I've kind of going back on old articles and reading back through the King Snake forums, which I've become a big fan anybody that wants to do this you can get on the king snake forums and go back to like 2003 it's badass there, there's there's <laughs> forums and articles you can do this for a day you know we're all gonna sit there we're gonna binge watch uh you know stranger things because it's fucking awesome and and what, 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 what you're already done with that come on yeah like yeah but you can that was binge. last weekend <laughs> you can binge. I mean, you you can go I, back I to Top Gun and Obi Wan. We had to do all that in the same week. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Kenobi is so goddamn good. Oh, Anyways, yeah. doesn't we're not going to episode get three Star last Wars. night. Excellent. So good. Yeah. So good. Uh, it was fire. Some people might say. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So, but you can go back and read these articles. I have found that notoriously through different species, specifically Pichiophis, and now obviously fox snakes aren't Pichiophis, but they're Pantherophis, but you will find that males have a higher uh, death rate just regardless. And, yep. and, I, and I think that's why you find with, with Pitchophis, you find uh, you, you'll hatch a lot more males. Uh, Jennifer Joseph talked yep. about this. I do the- too. I, with yeah. foxes, I always a male heavy, always. And, yeah. those, and the males, oddly, are the ones that we've struggled with too between Bill and I. Yeah. Um, it's just he, he, the pair that he has up there. Uh, uh, she laid. He, he travels during the winter a lot, um, all over during the winter months when his snakes are cooling. And uh, he like when he got back uh, from a spring trip that he was at for two weeks, and I caught up with him for a little bit in Louisiana on it. He got back. He's like, "Yeah, man, I got thirteen eggs from the fox snake." He's like, "And the male was dead." Yeah, yeah. That's yep. you know, I lost oh, a male God. last year. I did. I didn't cycle my pairs on purpose because I was revamping some of our rat snake caging and husbandry practices and i didn't i didn't cycle my 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 nebraska's on purpose and one of the males just like he just was started like looking meager and he just went right the other male was doing fine and they're like you know they're all in the same cages next to each other females in with them like and he just and they're all brothers like yeah it's just it's gonna happen like it's it's just you roll the dice that's why i hold crap back yeah it's that way at least it may set me back 
you know, yeah. I may have to wait a year, two, three, whatever, you know, on a certain thing, but it, at least I've, I've got that. I've got that as, as a, as a backbone for the, for the project long-term. That's, that's something to be said about whether it's locality projects or just kind of animals that people aren't really working with. You, you don't need to have one male and three females, uh, 2.2, 3.3. You know, uh, if you're, if you're locally collecting these animals, uh, get a handful of specimens, try to collect the, the ones you like, spread it out through other collections. Yep. You know what I mean? Uh, you got yep. buddies that are interested in the same thing. Uh, yep. You know, hey, you know, I, I, th these are really neat. Uh, you know, th th for me, uh, and, and we're kind of like while we're still on that specifically locality phenotype here, here in Nueces County, we have gorgeous uh, thorn scrub rat snakes. They're beautiful. Uh, they're they're God shitty animals. They hate you. They want to kill you. Uh, Justin knows. Jake knows. I, can vouch for I don't know those uh, man. Those McMullins were pretty pretty laid back. That Jake now has there. Yeah, no, those they are... never they never gave me a fuss ever. That's... No, they're they're fine. They're I think one of the females can get it, the females don't really like being touched, but like no, they want to be left alone. Yeah, they want to be yeah. left alone. They're very that's that is the, yeah, like they they're hiding a lot, but they're not like they're not bad. And the male though, the male's great. He'll come yeah. out, chill. He doesn't freak out. He's small as shit, yeah. but he's he's great, man. He just chills. He's not that. Hey, he got the job done last year on both those girls. I mean, he, he, he I didn't wasn't sure he would do it, but I gave him a chance, and damned yeah. if he didn't. Yeah, I, I I find that my wild caught females are just rough. They don't they don't they don't like you messing with them. They're eat every time, poop every time. You clean around them, leave them in the hide. They're fine. Second, you start messing with them, they they go crazy. But yeah. uh, so here in Nueces County, uh, it, specifically in Corpus Christi, we have a we have Padre Island, which that island goes from up in kind of the North Galveston area, and it goes all the way down uh, to the Mexico border. Um, you know, people talk about going down to South Padre uh, for um, what you call it spring break and stuff like that but it's a barrier island it's huge it's natural but it's a good oh, i think it's three or four miles of water it's probably more than that I, I, i'm kind of speaking out of my ass when i say that uh but i i have never i didn't really hurt padre island much until probably the end of last year i didn't find much uh you know we'll find the occasional nerodia over there uh, barometers. There, there, there's really, and we, I think we talked about it. There's a theory gaster a little further north, uh, but I found some milmorum this year, and they do not. I mean, you're 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 talking about. I find them in my neighborhood. Uh, I, I found one. <laughs> I, I think one of the ones I sent uh, Justin was one of these kind of oddly patterned ones that I found in my neighborhood coming home from work one day, and then. I, I go across the two bridges. We go to Flower Bluff, which is a small island, and then we go over the that's that's over the Oso, and then we go over into Padre Island. And dude, these these Milmorum look nothing. I mean, they're absolutely nothing like the inland uh, Milmorum, and, and they're well. I say nothing. I mean, come on, you know what I mean? We're splitting hairs here. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're brown, talking they're, about Milmorum, they're different. Yeah, like. they're, they're they're brown, they're mahogany, they have blocky heads, they're small, they have a thinner neck, uh, they're smaller bodied, and, and you and, you know just compared to Nueces County animals that I keep and have in my collection now, it's night and day difference when you put them right next to each other. In fact, I think I sent the group a, a picture of a, a a McMullen animal, which is a couple counties over, a little bit more inland. And, and then a, immediately a picture of the Padre Island animal. I was like, look, this is, this is a differentiation of a subspecies within just a couple counties. And it's, uh, so that's, that's something I'm kind of that's, excited that's, about. That's, that's, the, that's the magic of it. That's, yeah. that's what keeps me interested in keeping so many, you know, 
different, just like yellow rats from the same part of the range or red rats from the same part, you know, from different parts of the range. Like, you know, there's just so much variability just within, you know, the same group of animals that exactly like, it's... you can, you can get, be fascinated and intrigued by it and, 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 and learn from it over time. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. If I, if I go up to a big time ball Python breeder and I show them a Slowinski eye and I, and I show them a, uh, a meal morum. I show him an emery eye from from Alpine. I show him my neat little Padre Island girl that I found. They're gonna say, "Oh man, yeah, that's that's a rat snake." You know what I mean? And th- that's a, that's a corn snake. That one's more red. And I understand that, but that's that's why we. You, you don't have a flashy name on it, man. You got to call it like Starfly <laughs> Mojave VIP, yeah. etchy hey. pin or something. Or yeah, hippop- and it, it, hippopotamus. But these, yeah. these are the same guys that will look at a at a ball python and 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 now I, I do have a lot of appreciation for the ball python hobby it was our tiger woods right like <laughs> we we would literally not be here talking about this if it was you know it, it, tiger woods opened up the game of golf to so many people and, and, and created such a beautiful thing in that sport it, ball pythons did the exact same thing for the reptile hobby uh regardless of know. what we think I, maybe maybe i don't know i i think i think the gutatas complex did back in the early nineties, and, th- and that and that's also yeah. true. Uh, you know, you had your that, as, as, your, yeah. yeah, as as everybody was really starting to like produce all you know a number of different morphs and was able to start really having lots of different colors hatch out and, yeah. and, and bringing in wild stock from different areas. Like it, it, it really it did it did cycle down by all means. People oh, got yeah. bored with it, and that maybe was where the balls came in or whatever was the rage at the moment. I mean, they definitely. My neighbor stopped going to, you know, vending at Daytona and selling his because, you know, he was basically having to sell a good portion of his babies to Tyrone at the end of the weekend. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's cycled down, you know, and is what it is. But I don't know. It's it's everybody seems to be on a colubrid bandwagon at least at the moment. Maybe it'll hang around for a little while. I, I think it will. I think I think just the hobby in general has grown so much that we have all these people coming in that maybe want something a uh, smaller size. Yeah. Maybe different care parameters. Uh, you know, if I, I'm pretty sure if I put a ball Python in my collection, it would be dead real fast. Uh, cause, cause you know, my, my room, I fight to keep my room at 60%, 65% humidity. Uh, and that's, and, and like you, I go to extents to make that happen. Uh, and, and fuck, I couldn't tell you the truth. I don't know if ball pythons like humidity or not. I could be talking out of my ass, but, but you know, there's, they're, there's, they're, there's, they're tropical. They do. They do. Oh, like okay. It. Well, shit. You want it. You want it humid. Lower Jake ventilation. One, ask humid. him. Jake, how's your ball python? Spurge. Sucks. He eats a, he eats a jumbo mouse every couple weeks and it's just another mouth to feed. He's doing well, great. I love, love, the, love the fucker to death, but goddamn, if I find a kid who just wants a pet snake, he can have him. You know, this is what we do with the gifts that are given. Yeah, that's you know, have you ever heard the term "don't give a live animal as a gift"? You ever heard that? Yeah, take notes. This was different, fucker. Look, I can't knock him. I got a good friend that has a big table at Daytona every year that I've known for over thirty years now, and I walk by his table and I literally just drool. Like, like the balls he's got on his table are just dude. They're amazing. Amazing. I just I go by Jordan's table and just go. God damn. And of course, Kim walks up to the table, doesn't see the prices, goes, I like that one. Yeah. That's the one that's like $7,500. Yeah. That's the $300 one you point at over here, down here on the bottom. That was, (laughs) I, you know, I'd never, 
I'd never held a python until like two years ago. It's just a circumstance, I guess. And uh, I, I there was a retic reader at one of the Corpus shows, which is really cool because I don't know anything about reticulated pythons. And and they were like across away from me, and they let me hold this very neat looking animal. I don't know what it was, but I was holding it, and I was like, oh man, shit! I kind of get it. This thing gets like ten foot long. It's amazing, and you know, it's it, we we all you know, we get so hyper focused on our little subsect in, in, in this hobby, yeah. and we got we gotta you know reach out a little bit. You know, don't fuck with chondros though. They suck, man. They're Thank, just you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank no, you. I'm not gonna I'm not bashing your chondros, guys. I've no, kept I, them and bred them. I I I have a love for them. I just don't work with them anymore. I, yeah, I love I them. Like they're they're gorgeous. You know, obviously in Corpus, we, we're we're pretty. Uh, we can't have boas, pythons, uh, varanus in, in a lot of rear fang stuff. Uh, but no, really? I, we no, yeah. Corpus is very strict on what animals you can have and cannot have. Nueces, it, it's Nueces County. It's like, Nueces County. Well, yeah, no, no, no. It, it is not Nueces County. It is the city of Corpus Christi. Really? So you yeah, can't because, have like a you can't have a rainbow. Yeah, nope. no. I had to sell my no whole rosy boa collection. Yeah, I, I had. I had three or four pairs of uh, locality uh, ro rosy boas, and had to get rid of all of them. Uh, wow. I had fish and wildlife come by uh, because, because like I, I don't fuck around. I guess like I'm real serious. And uh, my my buddy worked for Fish and Wildlife, and he he was and I got, when I got my black pines, he wanted to come see them, and he was like, "Hey, you know, like you literally can't have these." And I was like, "What? That's crazy!" And uh, so yeah, the city of Corpus has a, a city ordinance that has exotic animals listed on it. Can't have sugar gliders. Uh, wow! See, yeah, it, it's it's kind of sad though, because like, and this is obviously I'm admitting fault here, but I also had no idea. I lived in Corpus for six months. Okay, I had, and again, this is me admitting fault. I did not know about this law when I moved yeah. there, but I had carpets shipped to the house that I lived yeah, in, in to the judge in New Oasis County. Yeah. You know, yeah. label on it, carpet python. You know, well, not actively looking for that. I, yeah, I, I, no, I don't think they are. It's, it's nuts, man. Like, it's just, it's one of those things. I don't know. I, I guess I'm of the opinion, if you're going to make it a law, enforce it. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it's like, it's silly. But like, then they have that show there. What county? What, where now that's, that's in Nueces County, but that's Robstown. That's a different city. Yeah, it's Rob. Yeah, Robstown. They have it's Robstown all ball pythons. Yeah. yeah, it's all ball pythons. You know, like I worked at the PetSmart there in Corpus when I first moved there just for a job and. Man, a little kid walked in with a ball python around his around his wrist because he just left the Robstown show, and I was yeah. like, "But did you notice they didn't sell ball pythons? No, they had yeah. no pythons whatsoever at the at the uh, at the show at the store. Look, man, now you like, have a ball python. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff I can't keep here too, and then most of it's stuff that I have an interest in. I mean, a lot of the native species, kings pines, Clark eye, Clark eye. Like I can't keep any of that stuff here. Just they just blanket ban stuff here to protect. Native population, local, yeah. yeah. See, I'm keep beards. <laughs> yeah, you can also. Never mind. I'm not gonna. Say. What? No, no, that was gonna be a little too much. Sorry, Chris. You have worked with Beard Eye before, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bred them too. Yeah, I just again that some of those Western locales just they don't like my place. And then the last ones I had, I brought back up to Bills, and he's got some. And we'll probably. Uh, he thought he was gonna get some eggs last year, but they'll, we'll probably. The last group of um, that I brought back up should start breeding uh, this year. I would assume he's got a couple females yeah. that I'd raised up and brought back up to him. And they're all from uh, they're all Highway Two Seven Seven, so the Eastern Range ones, the really pretty ones. Yeah, that's you know that that's a great point to hit on as far as uh, collection capabilities. Uh, 
you know, I, 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 my sub box did all right. I think uh, uh, Justin still has the sub box I sent him. Uh, I do. My, my Baja rats. Oh, I talk about it every show. I have murdered, murdered some Baja rats. Uh, they just too high humidity. Uh, yep. You know, my, my Brevis and my Varigatus, I was very lucky and they, and they breed and they've been doing really well. I think it's the higher heat, uh, higher ventilation. Um, but yeah, so it's, not every collection can have every animal. I think, you, we're, you know, we, we, we've, we've kind of uh, deviated a little bit off the Gutatis complex, but that still happens well within yeah. the Gutatis complex. Uh, sure. Like you said, uh, the, these inter, intermontane animals are, are going to used to a higher elevation. Uh, they're yep. used to much lower uh, humidity levels. Um, yep. You know, and, and if, if you're everybody's room is different and hell, I yep. could probably build another room, which I am actually working on uh, designing and building another room. Uh, I could have a lower humidity area, but I might be fighting to have better sheds and maybe I don't keep my get my, my, my new Caledonian. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, I mean, the environment that a red rat is exposed to in the Okatee Hunt Club area. Yeah. And what one gets exposed to down in your corner of the world, and what one gets exposed to in New Mexico or or Kansas? I mean, yeah, those are those are huge huge differences of 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 humidity levels, hide choices, temperatures in the winter, temperatures in the summer, winds. Sure. It's huge differences, and that you know can affect greatly what how we have success and what we offer them within. The, the the closet environments essentially that we offer them in our in our herp room building areas whatever we yeah. all each have I mean it all it all varies big time I mean one of the big reasons I kind of got back into colubrids years ago is because I spent a lot of years dealing working with tropical species both professionally and at home and I I don't I personally don't like having everything plugged in and heated I don't like heat lamps I don't want heat pad I don't like all that stuff. Like okay. I know too many people that have had huge collection failures from heat pad failures and people that have had fires or almost had fires, almost burned their house down. And like, like I would have a very different collection if I didn't kind of have that lumen over my head at this point in my life. Yeah. Like I just don't want it to happen. Like, and I have two heat pads in my room and they're sitting under my, my, my Indian Sambo's, but they're on a ventilated shelf and the cage, the tub, the bin cages that they sit on those things have little feet, so there's no like direct closed contact situation. There's always air flowing over those heat pads, so like it's not going to overheat. It's not going to cause a problem easily outside of just like a true electrical problem. I yeah. just try to keep a lot of those factors. Like if I didn't care about that, I'd still be keeping basilisks because they're still my favorite animal in the herp world ever. But like you That's know. Awesome. I had walk-in cages with them with big pools and heat lamps and, you know, filtration in the ponds and just these big walk-in enclosures. And it's just, you know, it's, it's a huge liability that, that can be done right. And people never have problems with, I never had a problem, but I saw other people with problems. It yeah. makes, it makes me worry and having stuff plugged in all the time with a house full of dogs that we actively show and compete with and love and base our life around, them, you know, like, yeah. One thing, if the house burns down by itself, I great. I got insurance, but like, I got a house full of dogs, and yeah, I don't want that shit happening when I'm not home. You know, yeah, to be and, able to it, contend with. To, you know, it's mm. and we work. I think we're all kind of in that same boat where we have pets, we have dogs, we have kids, we have you know family members we care about. Uh, regardless of reptile collection, there's just constantly a safety factor. Yep. I know personally, I keep my room cold, not cold, 
cool, very cool. Uh, about 76, 75 to 77. And uh, I have I have heat tape on everything. And I mean, you're talking a hundred, yeah, give or take tubs. And I, I, I am constantly double checking, cleaning, yeah. making I sure hate, everything. I hate, I, I got in, it's I used scary, heat man. tape in the early, early 90s when it first came in. You had to assemble your own and put your clamps on with your wire. Like, I hated it back then. Like, I absolutely hated it. Like, I saw too many cages, you know, your bins rubbing on them and causing hot spots and failures on them that's like all right i'm never i'm never using i know it's safer these days you buy it pre pre pre-wired and like wired straight you don't have to do it necessarily yourself but like like i've got and i do technically the two pieces that i have are technically heat tape but they're like pre-wired ones that's all molded over it's you know no clamp connection issues and stuff and i chose to put it in a way that like I, I felt as safe as I could, and it's literally just I have two shelves, and 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 my couple of Indian sambos sit on them just to give them a, a focal hot spot above what this room ambiently sits for, for for the colubrids. And, and I mean, I think Chris, you're you're, you're like me. Uh, you know, we were breeding animals when it was calcium sand and hot rocks, and oh, uh, rheostats. You, you had rheostats. It's not anymore. Yeah. I think I've seen them on some of those tables at Daytona. Like, I think they're still a thing. No. Hey, everybody talks about leopard geckos needing paper towels and all this shit. <laughs> Dude, blue calcium sand, a hot rock, a 20 gallon aquarium with a lid. We're good to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've bred them for years. Uh, yep. Don't, don't do that. Yeah, Repti <laughs> don't carpet. No, do that. That was, that was the future. Repti carpet was way in the future, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I used I used Repti carpet for a long time when I had leopard geckos, man. It, you oh, know, yeah. why don't you put them on calcium sand like a real man, Jake? Because yeah, I, where you I can do it like some big breeders, man. and they literally just don't put anything, any substrate, and they just go through and vacuum it out and have it easy maintenance that nothing to eat but poop in there and crickets, like yeah. What some of the big scale guys do, and just take and take the whole factor out of ingestion. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no risks when there's nothing there to risk, and that's nothing uh, there to risk. Yeah, that's constantly clean it. That that's exactly why every snake in my collection gets fed in a separate tub. (laughs) Every single one, every time. Oh my god! Do you really? No, I don't do. Oh god! I was (laughs) no that that would be that would take hours upon hours. And it already does. If I feed yeah. my, I normally don't feed everything on the same day because it just takes too freaking long. Because prepping water snake food takes longer than anything. Because I have to chop all, <laughs> these, all chop all these little pieces of freaking fish up. But, Jake, yeah, you sound like somebody that doesn't have to use a very very specific scenting item on the snake that only eats at six p.m. That you put in the paper bag <laughs> in the closet. At the exact yeah, Jake, level in the closet because it will not. Jake, Jake, you can't really, you, you can't compare Nerodia against Alterna. I'm sorry. No, it's me. That's exactly <laughs> why I don't keep them. Chris is like, oh, dude, get these. It's fine. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. No, like that they, sounds yeah. terrible. The, like, so I, no, Alterna, I don't want to do that. My, my kick on Alterna, every single one of them is different on exactly what it kicks them off to eat. But the second they eat, they will eat every damn time. They're such once and especially once you get them established, once they're just eating frozen thawed pinks, they will eat every single time. On a, I mean, look them flying out the tub trying to get a or cage, okay. Or whatever. Okay, my art. I, play, I played around with some of those variables no. back in the very early nineties, like oh, eighty nine ninety. Yeah, so and back then I don't. It's you know I know they've been kind of re yeah, reevaluated yeah, yeah. in recent years, and so uh, you know 
they were, I remember them being white and pinstriped and some of them were gray or pinstriped anyways, but like those were, those were challenging little babies to deal with. Some yeah. would eat right away and others were like, what are you kidding me? I have no intention of doing any of this. No. <laughs> That's yeah. You know, I, I, I I'm, I'm, they're like Candoya babies. They're just, uh, <laughs> I am 100% on every species to get it to eat with the exception of corn snakes. I, every year I have a couple corn snakes that it doesn't matter what extent I go to, they yeah. are not going to eat. Yeah. Um, I got a couple of South mountain babies right now that are killing me. Cause like Jake wants some and I got another guy waiting for a female and like, I've got, I think four out of the clutch or so of 10 that like are just hardcore stalemate me. Like, yeah, I, I, I can't even tease feed them, and I I start a lot of my rat baby rats that don't want to just eat right away. I can get them all tease feed, and like I can't even get these guys to tease feed. Like it just won't work. It's so weird. I don't know what God. it is about corn snakes, and and I've done the 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 Everglades. You know, Chris, you've talked to me about tease yeah. feeding, uh, and, I, yep. and I Everglades. You know, sometimes they're hit or miss, but but I get them going. Alterna, you just kind of got to find the thing that makes them click. Uh, this year, I'm going to find out a little bit more about the Leonis. So it's going to be my first year breeding. Pitchyophis are cool because uh, I'm pretty sure I could feed one while it's hatching. I haven't tried it yet, <laughs> but so, somebody in one of the, the group chats said, hey, take one of those Jani and try and give it a peaky while it's still in the egg. And I was like, it'll probably do it. Uh, <laughs> Foxes but, are kind of notorious for being that way, although I tried offering these first ones that, that hatched, and literally I had like one eat two pinkies, and everybody else was like, nah, nah. I'm pretty good. My belly's still full from the egg. I'm good. Yeah. Check back to me in a week. One, yeah. one thing I really like doing on feeding, I do it with my corns. I did it with my alterna. I, I kind of done it with everything that's not a pitchyophis. Pitchyophis, the, the day they shed, maybe the next day is when I'm going to start trying to feed them because they they literally will eat. Uh, yeah, I do that actually with most of my baby rats, whether it's corns or otherwise. Like when they're in their little group cage after hatching, um, waiting to shed, if I'm in here feeding and I see that they're starting to shed, I will literally just start dropping fresh, small, extra small pinks in the cage. Nice. With them. And, and, and over the next day or two is when I'm going to separate them off anyways. So yeah. I can go through and as I'm setting them up, palpate and see if they've eaten and mark their cage accordingly if, if, if they've eaten. But I do that. I do that. And I usually get several of them right off the bat yeah. as soon as they've shed to go ahead and get those first meals on board. And a lot of them will double feed too. I, I get a lot of them that will double, double feed. Uh, I'm gonna step aside, try to close this garage a little bit. Uh, you may hear a little noise, but Chris, why don't you go on? May, maybe talk about a couple different localities, especially down in the Keys or maybe up in the, the North Carolina animals, on what it is to get them established as babies. Uh, and I'm gonna step away for a second. Guys. Oh, man. Uh, it, it varies. The, the rosy rats down the Keys are just absolutely tedious little things. I, they're they're my bane every year, getting those little guys going months. Of, of headache and I've still got some I'd kept back. Uh, I, I haven't hatched off any, any of the big pines, I think in t two years now as I held them off one year, I lost my male acutely who looked beautiful and fine last fall, I guess fall. So I wasn't able to breed them this year, but my buddy's still breeding them. Uh, the still has the parents of mine. So I kept back several pairs um, uh, to make sure we had enough going forward and I still have a big female um, sitting up, but I, of the four, no, I've got five, five of the ones that I still have, 
I literally have one that feeds on its own at this point. All the rest of them are still hand tease feeding. Like I can't get them to voluntarily take a dropped pinky or fuzzy. Well, I guess they're kind of really at fuzzies and pushing hoppers at this point, but like they will aggressively take it. If I just hold them, jiggle it in front of their face, they will take it and swallow it right down in my hand. Or if I let it set them down, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, uh, there, and the, the South mountain almost, those, those foothills animals are almost as bad. The babies are actually smaller than the rosies. They're so stinking tiny. Um, I get a few that start right off and they eat right from the get-go, easy peasy. And then the others are like, I'll think about it. And uh, uh, that's where I'm at. I'll be working hard. I've, I've already, this couple that have whole stalemating me or I've gone boiled already, tease feeding, uh, brained. I've gone down the whole nine yards and there's, still painting me to this day. So I'm hoping I can get these couple of girls going and try to make a couple other people happy that are eagerly waiting for some like Jacob and another guy or two. So I had a couple that start right off the bat and I've already actually sent them out without two pairs of somebody that had already got a couple pairs and wanted more. And so he's, he, they're on the way to him now, but uh, they're that unlike the, all the oak, the Okatees that I have, God, my, I mean, like most of them eat eagerly from the get-go. Like uh, I might have one or two at most that you want to give me trouble for a week or two, but um, most of those guys, and I don't know if some of it has to do with uh, uh, most of my OKTs are down from the Sherman line and he's had the line, Howie Sherman's got that line for a number of years from stock that he collected and probably has refined feeding habits over the years. But even the, the ones that I outcrossed to that wild caught female, they're kind of spazzy temperament because of the new blood, but like they're super hardy eaters from the get go. I think probably has to do with just the lifestyles of where they come from. There's you're just eat more eager feeders. I think some of those ones from the foothills areas are more fixed on ground skinks and stuff like that as maybe not feeding on rodents and stuff like that uh, as, as early meals. And that just ends up making it more of a challenge. But even with the rosies I've tried in years past, to try to get them to even take newborn geckos. And I'll literally leave newborn Mediterranean geckos in the cages with them for a week at a time. And they won't touch them. Like they don't care. Uh, I've actually found tease feeding to be a more productive method of getting those guys going right from the start. I don't, I'm not force feeding. I'm not doing anything. I'm just, just, just tease feeding them by hand. And, they'll eager after one or two tries they're eagerly taking it if i offer it to them and they're willingly taking it there's no stress involved with it and it's been and then it's just a matter of giving them opportunities to try to take it on their own over time um my yellow rats in general the same way pretty quick after a couple of days it's kind of spazzy babies that just don't want to they're too they're too nervous to want to want to little agitation they'll eagerly grab it up and 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 start taking it down it's so weird. We see with a lot of these animals that once they take a couple meals, yeah. they're like, "Oh, okay, okay, yeah. that's what it is." And then they're cool. just they're just said, "Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah. I don't think I've had a corn or emery eye that has started eating, had a couple meals in, and then just stopped." Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's probably a standout somewhere along the line with with yeah. You get one once. A, you get one happen. once in a while. The female uh, South Mountains that I held back last year for myself, I only think I had one female, so I just kept her back because um, I really needed a reserve to keep around. Of course, she was, you know, a challenging one to get going, was on and off, kind of 
just kind of being a bit of a dinker for a while. And then like, God, it was about six months in, like over the winter, like Christmas time or somewhere in the holiday window. Suddenly she's just like, I got this. And just like, took she, off. she just started taking it and she eagerly will just take rodents. Just, I just put it in the cage. And if she sees it even slightly move, I don't have to touch it anymore. She just grabs it right up. I can give her a second one. If it's something small goes right for it. So she's well behind the mail. I kept back size wise. Cause he's got, he was eating great from the get go, but, uh, it, at least you know she's uh going solid now some of them are just that way like it's yeah for whatever reason and what you know who knows it just is what it is but um, you know one thing i've noticed with the good Tatis complex uh i've yet to have one that needed a live meal uh yeah i don't yeah i, I, I at I, all some of, it, of recent years i can't remember really how it worked with me when i was breeding any of them back in the late 80s early 90 window um, I, I probably had access to live pinks more back then. Now I just don't have any because you just don't, all you have is big box stores yeah. and I can order rodents and I don't have the room at the moment. I was breeding some rodents for a while. It just got to be, they weren't producing enough for what I was putting into them. And, and so basically everybody's got to figure it out off the of frozen thawed. And, uh, uh, I, I don't remember it ever being a huge game changer really when, when I used them on them in the past. I mean, yeah, there's always going to be some that maybe, yeah, that's, that's the game changer for one or two, but most of those, if you were to try some other tricks, they'd take it onto it anyways, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, let's say little Timmy's listening to this podcast. He's on episode six. He's been excited about all the morphs we've been talking about, but now we're sitting here talking about locality animals. He's heard us talk about the devil's garden, a Aries. uh, what about some locality morphs? Actual, true locality bred ladies and, island pesseras. Oh, those lady. Well, Boy, I'm ready. Uh, oh no, that's uh, not that's not a locality that's, morph. That's not a locality morph. What I'm talking about is you know uh, red zeppelins that we get yep. from the Okidi Hunt, Okidi or Okidi Hunt Club. Well, actually, truly, really, it's not even almost that. It's really just Howie Sherman's line. Okay, because so those he, are even lineage has, specific. Yeah, he hatched out a single animal that he could not repeat. The, the, it was literally just like, as I understand it, I didn't talk to him directly, but I have several friends who are friends with him. And as I understand it, he had a single animal produced along the way. He wasn't able to repeat that, but he was able to bring that animal forward um, in, in his line. And, and it has shown to be a little bit of a different looking animal and act a little bit different phenotypically, as I understand. I don't have any, um, but I did. I have looked into him because a couple friends have asked me about him and that sort of thing. So I kind of dug a little bit into them. Um, I, it, I, I think it's an interesting, it's an interesting yeah. gene from what I understand. There's still some, some proofing of it being done, I think with, with, with Tony D and, and some other folks, as I understand well, it. I, I don't know if anybody that is invested into the red Zeppelin line has ever outcrossed it to a normal AML corner, right? Like what we, I, I, yeah, I'm not sure. I know, uh, well, if anybody has, maybe Tony has, because I know he's been That may been be doing where the fluorescent pet- line came from. I don't know. I know I know he's brought in some of, like, the sun-kissed or hypo. I don't know. You guys have changed names in the morph world. What we <laughs> called hypos back oh, 30 years now. ago. Yeah. Or I guess sun-kissed now. we got to have a yeah. fancy, sell, more sellable name than hypo. Well, because there's um, hypo lines and other hypo. Yeah. 
Yeah. Is it hypo just a T positive? I don't know. I think so. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, it depends on what type of hypo you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's lava. Exactly. Yeah. We, anyways, not the more. Exactly. Show, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, there's a lot. Yeah. And, and, and I understand that some hypos have actually popped out of his line too more recently as, as I, I believe I've seen. And uh, one guy has actually bred them together and now has Phoenix. And they're all, as I understand it, Howie's line. Okay. Um, that uh, uh, he's on social media. Uh, Tammy or Tanny Pituofus guy. Uh, he he's been posting some of Howie's it's his his stock of Howie's of recent. And and I if I if I understood it correctly, the, some hypos have popped out as well. And he's made he has crossed the hypo with the Zeppelin and made and then labeled as a phoenix. And I could be wrong on some of that. Cause I haven't really like focus folks, but because it, it's a line that I've got, I kind of pay attention to it a little bit to yeah. try to understand, understand what, what's happening to it. Um, I but, also but, heard that there's a uh, Lake Sheen, those orange County or from Orlando animals have popped out some hypos. And uh, some of that. Yes. I believe that is true. I, I again, yeah. I don't know. Uh, sadly it's, it's, you know, are we going to call them hypos? Are they going to be called something else? Does it interact with normal hypo? But re- exactly. regardless of what it interacts with, uh, we, we can find red zeppelins. Uh, there's a few breeders yeah. out there that work with them. Yeah. If, if I introduce any new snakes into my collection this year, because I am like banned on getting new snakes this year, <laughs> uh, I, I, I'd like to get a pair of red zeppelins. Uh, but uh, Devil's Garden and Aries, uh, what, a, what a neat, uh, you know, going on on that. And a lot of people may not know this, that the Devil's Garden and Aries actually have a wild population. Uh, yeah, a pretty, and, pretty and, big. I've always heard like 25%. Yeah, but like it, there, it's out there, and it's not just in Hendry County and the immediate Devil's Garden area. There's kind of a, a couple county little window down there in that corner spot of the lake down there where they've been they've they've been found over the years, over, and, the, and they, over the generations. What's really interesting about that line is in corn snakes, and I'll, I'll kind of hit on the more side. We have a few different lines of Anary, and they're actually uh, not compatible and do have multi compounded forms. Uh, so in, in corn snakes, we know we have anary, we have caramel, and we have uh, charcoal. Uh, all three of those, I believe it's anary, A, B, and C. Not going to tell you which one's which, uh, but standard base black corn snakes, black albinos is what they were originally called, mm-hmm. uh, yep. the anary line. Um, a lot of people like to think that, that that originated from the Devil's Garden stock, uh, but going back, it looks like they didn't. But that original line of anary, the, the the original black albino, is compatible with the Devil's Garden stock. So that that gene falls in that same recessive world. Um, and one of the beautiful things that when we had that podcast with Travis Wyman, we've learned that maybe it's a little more complex than just two genes uh, yeah. making that happen. Uh, but yeah. that's really neat to know that there's a uh, there's a wild population of those animals. Yeah, and it's it's not hard if you put time in down there, you can. You can you can you can usually turn them up. I know lots of people that have found them over the years, and friend that hatched they caught a gravid normal female, and you know you know portion of the babies were were anary years many many years ago. So I mean, it's how cool is that? They're, yeah. they're there. The habitat supports it. You know, it's not selected out by predators and that sort of thing. So yeah. it's managed to to, to hang around. Um, uh, uh, on the Emory Eye side of things, still in the Gutatis complex, we have the uh, uh, this was. Uh, and, and I wish I knew the full lineage of it, but uh, uh, my my brain just stopped working. 
Uh, but a, a gentleman local to us in the Nueces County found a striped animal. Uh, the wild caught animal was one of the most perfect striped animals. Reverse stripe is what it's, yeah. it used to be called uh, that anybody has ever seen and bred it into Nueces County wild caught animals. And, and now I'm lucky enough to be working with that that lineage and, and a few other people are. And you'll see them pop yeah. up. You'll see Nueces County animals pop up uh, that have this. I mean, it is. Well, even the ones that uh, those the McMullins that I was about uh, to say, I, I got from John. The, yeah. the ones that Jake now has, like uh, one of those females produced some animals, one or two animals with some pretty different, you know, atypical patterning on them. The wild cat um, that I sent Justin, the male, is very. He's got some aberrancies. Yeah, he's he's very aberrant, and it and it it looks like if you take a one of these perfect reverse stripe animals and breed it into a normally pattern animal you'll start seeing those aberrancies right out of the first generation uh so it, so it doesn't work like a recessive gene it doesn't really yeah. work like a super form either it, it's a line yeah. bred trait it's it's it's, uh, yeah. it's uh but but that's yeah. that's a cool thing and, and i'm you know i am planning on working with those animals on a couple different levels uh i will be producing those animals as nueces county stock uh, i'll also be pairing those into the hobby side of Embryi because I have albinos, I have uh, chocolates, I have a het anary uh, Embryi, so I'm going to pair those in. So now we'll start hopefully seeing, you know, it's going to take years to get that project rolling. Uh, next year yeah. will be my first year breeding them. I think I have 12 or 14 sticks in that project because I love it. <laughs> I love those things. Um, but it's really neat. Last year, uh, a, a good friend of ours found in McMullen County on the on, on in, anyways, just in McMullen County, uh, a perfect, perfect example of a uh, reverse striped animal. And uh, we don't know if it was male or female. It was about five foot long. The the, the Milmorum in this complex are the biggest. They're huge. Uh, they they'll eat small rats readily. Uh, they act like a pitchophis. They have chicken eggs for eggs. It's not like corn snake. Uh, for mm -hmm. some reason, everything in Nueces County, Big Bull in the Close, uh, and I see this even in bull snakes, has massive oh, water-filled yeah. giant eggs. Oh, man, those alpines babies, those eggs are gigantic. Yeah. They'll only have three or four eggs, but they're yeah. like they're, – they're literally like little pine babies. They're just enormous. Even the uh, inter-Montana the same way. Like they have yeah. big honking babies. It ain't like, it ain't like a corn snake or a Slowinski eye. It's mm -hmm. totally different. Yeah. Very, very different. Like it's, it's amazing to think that as inhospitable as the habitat is in the Keys, that you get these little, crappy little baby snakes that still manage to survive in that <laughs> crappy habitat. Yeah, but you get this harsh habitat farther out west, and you just get these giant babies that yeah. can manage to survive. Like my, it's, my, it's interesting how that, how how that works. My my Clayburgh bulls. Uh, yeah, and, and Jake has a pair of my Clayburgh bull snakes. I had six. <laughs> massive i mean they're giant eggs almost the size of my black pine snake eggs with my black pine snake eggs were over four inches which is just a shocker right <laughs> uh that that snake looks huge until it legs it lays eggs and you just look at it and you're like holy shit how did you push that out of your body <laughs> uh but my, my my six and a half foot female uh clayberg bull lays six eggs that are massive and then my uh, Kankakee bulls, which I did lose my entire clutch. Don't know what caused that. I had 14 eggs go bad. All 14 eggs went bad at the exact same time. Could have been, I mean, let, let's call it a, a million different variables. They were in the same setup as all my other eggs. They are in the same incubator as all my other eggs. Uh, you know, they looked good, didn't candle them. Maybe that's my own fault. But 
she laid 14 tiny little just above the size of a corn snake egg. And you're still talking about an animal that's five and a half foot long. You know, so obviously with these different localities, we're talking about Pidgeopus here, but even the same thing with Pantheropus. Uh, we take Milamorum, uh, which their genealogy shares over 12 to 15% with Slowinskii, which has been proven through, um, I believe, mitochondrial DNA. I probably said that wrong. Not a fucking scientist. No, you said it right. You did it right. <laughs> but, but mitochondrial DNA, one of the reasons they split these up when we, when we look at that paper that was wrote last year or the year before, uh, you know, why do you split up male morum as its own species? Well, it's over 12% different, but it, or I'm sorry, over 20% different, but shares 12% of its genealogy with Slowinski. If genealogy is the wrong word, Dr. Lofman, I'm sorry, but <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not a scientist. Zach's going to correct all of us. Zach, Zach's going to cut the next episode of uh, Colubrid and Clubroid Radio is what did Chris, what did yep. Chris say wrong? Uh, yep. He's going to bash our whole episode tonight. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> But yeah, it, you know, it, it's crazy to, to know that these animals from, from here lay these giant chicken egg size eggs and they're six foot long. You know, we, we find six foot rats, uh, you know, as often as we find rats, but they're they're big and they're girthy and they're huge. And, and you know, males are always way smaller and uh, they lay a couple, you know, six to ten eggs. And then you go to Slowinski eye or corn snakes or, or our normal Gutatis complex animals that we're, we're so used to seeing in the hobby. And I got a three foot snake that just laid me, well, a three and a half foot snake that just laid me 16 eggs that are all perfect. And, it, and it's, you know. Yep. My Slowinski <laughs> laid 18 this year. Holy cow. And what, is she laid four? 18. Four went bad. I uh, find the container. I went, how did I? Looks like I ended up with 13 hats, looks like. And, and what is that? A, a four foot snake, maybe? Maybe, yeah. yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe it's it's wild. That's it, a maybe, it, and and so it, it kind of makes brings makes me peek the question of why in certain habitats are we seeing so many few eggs, bigger eggs? Uh, yeah. But yeah, um, there was anyways. a more. We were talking about locality morphs before. There was one that I had years ago. This was thirty years ago that I kind of ended up with and started and then ultimately more on my part ended up failing back in the, in the mid nineties on that uh, started from stock in Deland, Florida. Uh, my good buddy go down to Daytona, the expos down there that he's got a big ball Python booth. Um, George MD. He had, we had done some swapping and he had owed me some stuff. And I was like, well, just give me a couple. He had a couple red rats from local there in town. And, uh, <clears throat> so just give me a couple, give me a couple of those. And that'll be good. And uh, so I'd stopped, but swung through. I was still living in Gainesville at the time at school, and I'd swung through. The first couple that hatched, I took them. I don't know if I took two or four. I want to say it was four. I don't remember. But the first couple that hatched are the ones that I took. And I had kind of liked one of his animals. It looked a little different, like a little grayer, a little interesting. I was just like, yeah, I'll take some of those. So I grabbed these first couple, didn't really think much of it. And then I kind of started noticing that these animals, these animals were different. They had no pattern on the side. They were not like a white side, but they were just unpatterned on the side, just like gray on the side. The animals had more of a gray tone to them overall, which is not super typical for Florida. We tend to have pretty reasonable colors, you know, most of the state of Florida, oranges and reds and that sort of thing, yellowish colors. Mm -hmm. um, but the ventral pattern also was extremely minimal to not present, more like you would see on a, on a rosy rat down in the Keys. And the other ones, after I'd gotten these and he and I 
compared notes about it as time went on. The rest of the clutch was normal, had regular ventral patterns and side patterns. So these first couple that hatched out had this different look to them. Fast forward a couple years and I bred them. The first ones that hatched out were the same way. The rest of the clutch was normal. Interesting. It was weird. And then just through life and everything, it just uh, you lose animals. And then before you realize, we're not really focused on doing stuff like that. And I think I was probably working more with some more tropical species at the time and not working as much with colubrids before we realized it's like well we didn't have these things that i i called the land silvers is what i called them um we just didn't have them anymore they just he didn't hang on to anything of it and i lost the few that i had along the way after breeding them once or twice and it was just and it was just it was gone but it was a really cool different sort of looking snake from part of the range that normally you don't have an animal look like that you know a lot lot of projects you can generate out of these locality sure that's awesome. yeah yeah there, there's a lot i can only imagine with you know you mix some of these like north carolina you know south mountain animals into some of the some of the morph lines and stuff out there that would wh- what that would do to the colors and tones and stuff like yeah. that you know what, it would what, really be amazing one of me and justin's uh kind of combined projects we did this year was breeding a, a ghost tessera female to a wild caught male uh from from ladies island see what let's see what they yeah. look like right yep Yep. You know we're gonna get testros from the first generation, and let, let's let's. I mean, why not? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, we're, we're we, the door is yeah. open on all of this. We we have uh, a lot of possibilities on things that we can still create, uh, whether yeah, it's a, sure. a, a new morph or it's just a, a line that we we put together and bring yeah. together. Um, yep. Well, well, Chris. I, I mean, I think we're probably gonna be wrapping up soon uh, on, on the podcast. But here, great question. We got it. We ask everybody this. And yep. we want to, you know, get your thoughts on this. I think we've already kind of, you've already seen this, uh, you know, in, in the corn snake hobby uh, with morphs, um, there, there's, there's a couple that kind of stand out. What, what are your thoughts on, uh, let's just start with scaleless. What do you, what do you think about the scaleless projects and, and, and the scaleless uh, snakes in general? I mean, on the whole, I don't have a problem with people keeping them and working with them. Um, uh, it's not something necessarily that I'm going to go work with. It's, just not my cup of tea, so to speak. Yeah, um, sure. I don't really know. That was that's the one that started. That was was that that was the Emery crossed yep. into the Gatatas, nope. right? Yeah. yeah so uh, John even more, yeah. yeah, even more so for me. That's not not my cup of tea. Yeah. You know, just because of because of that. Um, but like I don't, you know, that's what you like. Great, super duper. Go make some cool, cool, pretty animals that don't have scales or don't have they're, most of them. They're or, real pretty. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they're, real they're, crazy. I, I will not argue that they're not pretty animals. They're 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 beautiful animals. I mean, there's some of them you get colors and tones that you don't get out of a normal looking animal because of that. You know, because the underlying skin tone colors are different than what 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 produces on the keratin and the scales yeah. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You get you get some very very different looking animals. And yeah, again, that's to each his own. Nobody you know nobody has to like my yellow rats or my banded water snakes from Lake Jessup in Seminole County, Florida. Like they don't have to like them. I don't care. I like them. You like your scaleless and want to make lavender colored ones and whatever other color. It's great. Enjoy it. Love it. Have fun with it. You know, that's, you know, not so, just not something that interests me to work with, so to speak. You know, that's all. Cool. Any, any comments on Palmetto? Uh, you know, it's kind of uh, proven itself as an interesting gene as to what it yeah. does to the animals. And- I can't argue it's not a beautiful animal. Maybe I would have liked to have seen it kept as a locality animal more than anything else. That because been we cool. do yeah. know 
where it comes from. I know Daniel Parker kind of knows like where it came from and knows the people involved and that sort of thing. Like maybe I would have liked to see it kept as a project like that. And maybe more, especially because it's proven to not be a variable enough to be exciting in the long run. You know, you pretty much have a snake that doesn't look a whole lot different no matter what you do with it. Yeah. And from, from my understanding of it and what I've heard on this podcast from some of the others talking, talking about them that, that, that have worked with them and stuff. I mean, I see them and it's like, everyone is exactly the same. In general, not saying that's true. Some have gray spots and some have red spots and <laughs> maybe some have yellow spots. But on the whole, that like it's not, it's like a leucistic Texas. It's not that variable. You can't yeah. do a whole lot with it. And so, um, I think my neighbor's got one across the street. I think I think Rick's got one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they're cool. I'm not, you know, they're some people made some good money on them. How about that? Yeah, still do. Yeah. yeah, still do. Like they, there's some good money to be made on it. So you know, it's it's cool animal. I, I'd probably take more of an interest in it if it was kept as a locality project. I think that would actually kind of perk my interest a little bit on on the matter. I wish some of those original animals were kind of just yeah. kept back, and, and instead of yeah. being bred into everything to try to compound yeah. what it does. Yeah, I can appreciate putting it in and see what it was going to do, and yeah. continuing to try to make it to see what it's going to do as as you mix in the different both both pattern and color mutations out there but you know maybe at least one guy keep back you know a few animals and breed it from the same area in south carolina with some animals and yeah you know do, do some of that that's you know that that would have been made it a little more interesting to me but you know it's a cool snake it's a pretty snake you know yeah. I, I, I i i you know take an extra stop when i'm going by the tables at daytona and see them because it's not something i see on a regular basis because i don't work with that kind of thing you know I gawk at some of those diff- the different corn snake morphs because I used to do corn morphs back in the day. You know, I mean, I'm, I've got, like I said, I've got several morphs that I'm trying to bring between the William Dye and a new, a new albino Everglades, you know, lineage and anatheristic yellow bellied waters. And I think I got something else in here. Eyeball oh, hmm. Midland waters. You know, I got a few things I'm playing with to see what happens with it. You know, they're, Everybody likes their own stuff. Enjoy it. If you're not enjoying it, don't do it. Shit. Yeah, absolutely. Damn, what a mm-hmm. what a what a prominent statement. Yeah, exactly. That's all. That's all. I mean, if you're not enjoying it, like I I part with stuff like because I love something else more than others. I've been thinning some stuff out because I I just as the years have gone on, I really just love my mangrove water snakes more than I yeah. like some of my lo- yeah. different localities of 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 bandits. And I love my bandits. I love yeah. my bandit waters. Like like. God, I like them. But, like, I'm really starting to like these mangroves even more and more the more litters I have. Like, I'm just yeah. like, all right, I got to make more room in this little bit of room I've got for more of those. And I just set up two more adult size cages for some young ones that I've been raising up. So they're re- they're ready for next year. You know, it's yeah. uh, it's uh, it's just, you know, it, it just got to gotta gotta make room for, for what you love. And, you know, if you don't and, love it, find somebody that does and work with what you do like. That. What a, what a good you know as we're closing the statement, uh, you know every we can I, we've been in this hobby for twenty years plus some of us are in still in it some you know, of us well more <laughs> <laughs> you know we don't even if you don't love something sometimes you, you just don't have every bit of space and there's other things yeah. you love more uh, you know I've, yep. I've taken a huge uh, alterna was the first snake I ever had I, I, I'm obsessed with alterna I, I I've increased my alterna collection compoundedly. Um, yep. 
and and it's not for lack of love even on other species it's just we, we we're, we're limited on time we're limited on space yeah. every, every every you know if it sucks as humans every minute of our lives has a dollar amount on it right yeah. like we, we've proven that by going to work for the man and, and, and <laughs> yeah. now so, some some of us are, are, are lucky enough to not have to do that but yeah. even then your your time is worth money yep and and so where, where are you spending your money where are you spending your time yep. where are you spending and, your time yep and, and nobody in this hobby ever ever needs to feel embarrassed because they've they, they've decided to get rid of a project or, or they've decided to move something on because it, it's yep. not about that we all we all share the same really dumb passion right yeah and we all keep these things in boxes regardless if it's a, a wall size bioactive or a beautifully handcrafted black box and black black box enclosure, uh, hand delivered to your door with unicorn <laughs> dust on it. Uh, you know what I mean. It, regardless yep. of what you're keeping your animals in, we're all doing this as a, as, a, as a hobby. Even if you're full time, you have yep. to love it. So don't don't feel bad if you yep. realize if, you, if, if you've been doing a good job at it. You've, yeah, you, you've made other people love what you're doing and what you're working with, and you can find those people yeah. to work with. Them. I, Chris, I've I've had I bought snakes from you, raised them up, sent them to Jake. I know yep. where they're at. I love them. I, I still yep. love those animals, but I know that hey, there's you like your alternative. You like your alternative better. I get it. I love my, no, no. <laughs> and see, but that's yeah. that's where I fall in is because like pan, panther, like I won't say panther yeah. overs, just like yellow rats and grays. Like that's my you, shit. You man. said like, you, you got rid of some derpy yellow rats that the rest of us like for your <laughs> fancy dancy, you know, alternative. I get it. I, I get it. We, we'll go hide in our corner with our yellow rat snakes. Hey, and, and hey, they, I have a lot of snakes from you still. I know. I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, uh, but he, he messaged me. He was like, hey, man, you want some grays for Montross? Yeah. I said, huh, is, is the sky blue? Yes, sir. You just completed my white oak collection. Thank you uh, very much. I'm a big fan of also, uh, you know, I, Jake and, and Justin and a lot of other friends that listen to this podcast. I, I will literally literally send you the things i love because i want to know where they go <laughs> and, and, yeah. and chris if you're let, ever interested in more like jake jake knows he's got a couple things i've i've been sending a few fasciata groups out to folks that i know love them and are at least going to try to be successful with them doesn't mean they will we all yeah, fail sure. stuff things don't follow through and these were all juveniles you know young animals and you know jake's got some and a couple other guys have some too and it's mostly like those aren't established yet. And I'd like to try to see them get established, but I don't have the room to have, I think it was at that point, up to 17 locality groups of Fasciata. Like, I just don't have the room to keep doing that at the moment in my life. You know, we talked about expanding this year and my wife and I just kind of finally decided, it's like, I don't have the time to devote to that much more space. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't have that at this point in my life. Yeah. Five years from now, maybe or 10 years from now, I might have that time to devote that but i commute a long way to work and i've got other things at home in life i mean you know maintenance in the yard and taking care of the dogs everything's got to be done you know so yeah. expanding wasn't on the realistic list at the moment so backscaling and focusing a little bit more on some of the stuff i'm more passionate about is what happens you know yeah absolutely that's what you got to do that's and I'm just do. there. I'm just there to take all y'all's overflow, baby. <laughs> you're just, you're oh, just sitting yeah. there smiling. Yeah, just, <laughs> hey, come on, just hey, hey, you don't, all. you don't, you don't come up with that male yellow rat snake. You get anything else? <laughs> 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 get it, get it, get it, get it. Don't worry, don't worry. 
it's, it's, it's happening. It's going. It's happening. <laughs> Hopefully by Daytona, I'll be able to bring. I'm it. probably going to have to just come out here and catch my damn own and just say that I wouldn't have caught it without you. Yeah, there you go. You <laughs> just <laughs> ditch all of them and just get rhino rats. <laughs> hey, I don't. I I bred those. I bred those 25 years ago. I, they're well, no, yeah, 20 years ago. I bred them don't, 20 years ago. Don't talk. They're so cool. They're cool me. snakes. I like them. They're, they're cool. cool. They're cool. They're weird little snakes. They're cool. Yeah. I, I, I think O three Office are a little cooler than the Rhino Rats. No, What's up, Justin? No. What's up, Justin? Uh, that's yeah. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. We'll talk I might. I might. I think. I think. I think I'll stick with the Rhinos. Hey. Yeah, I'll stick with, I'll stick with the Langeri. Those are kind of cool little things. They're cool little guys. Aren't they Ganya Soma? No. Uh, no, <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't remember what they are now because I haven't paid attention. Were. To yeah, they're definitely not. They're not a Ganyasoma. I don't care what anybody says. Say it louder for the people in the back. <laughs> I've kept both of those, and they're not a Ganyasoma. Yeah. At all. Very different animal. They're, they're, they should be by themselves, whatever the hell they want to call They them. were. They were Ryan Kofis, and then they got yeah, put into Ganyasoma, and now it's like, why? Uh, that's a why? bad choice. Is it? Was it the same guys that did the Obsoleta Project? Probably. Ah. Sounds, sounds like some of the same crap. Justin, I don't know if you've ever heard of a gentleman. He goes by the name of Dr. Zach Lofman, uh, but you don't get to beat science without better science. <laughs> no, but Stevie is. Wonder can look at a rhino rat and true Gonyosoma and be able to tell you they ain't anywhere close to the same thing. Arna, I, I, God, we're, we're going on tangents. Anyways, I was going to say that. I'll say it all <laughs> gentlemen, we got any closing thoughts on this episode? What a, what a, what a, what a damn good episode it's been. Hell yeah, it's Ladies Island corns are awesome. Go get yeah. yourself some Nerodia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jake's got to put that final Nerodia plug in there. Yeah. I can't argue. I can't argue. <laughs> I can't argue. I'm, I'm in the same I'm boat. Not gonna I'm not going to keep Nerodia because I've already got Pitchofis and I already got enough smell. Uh, but Nerodia yeah. are badass. They're, Dude, they, they really are. Don't get me wrong. They're one of those things that like I love them to death. I absolutely love my Nerodia, but I'm about capped out on them. Just because of like the variety and the fish and they're just freaking psychos when it comes to food. Like they're great. I love mine to death. Then lay off not... lay off that stinky fish and feed more pinks, man. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, I need to start feeding more. Give me them citrus ones. No, female. Man. I don't even want the little one. Just give me the bigger one. There's two. There's three of them. I have a male and two females. Well, give me one of the females. No. Come on. They're mine. I'll no, those a, are like, dude, I'll those have legit corns. become like my favorite water snakes. Like those citruses <laughs> are, they're great, man. I love them to death. But the ponchatoulas smell like, <laughs> smell like yeah. two day old feet yeah. that were left in the they sun and were pissed on. Look, I'm always going to tell you, Pictoventris is the best of any of the three. Confluence is the worst all day long. Oh, they're, they're, they are, oh my God. They're, they, they just, they're musk. I'm telling you, yeah. it's different. I've been must on by more banded water snakes than I can shake a stick at. But those broadbands, it's it's a it's a that? new level, man. It's a, I I've never gagged from snake musk before <laughs> until I opened my holding tub with these broadbands in it. It was it was, it was so bad. It, Welcome the to dick, the Nerodia the, Hour, dude. The, yes. The Dixies, all the all the normal bandits, there. You know, I can deal with it. But those, I love seeing Jake's hand. You guys can't tell. Ridiculous, man! He's like screaming. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, 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 sorry. As far as I'm working out, I, I get a text I, I from my wife Romberfers. saying, tell Jake to say Yeah, I really do love, love, love Rompers. <laughs> Rompers are cool. I kept them for a while. They're just, they're just, they get, damn, they get big. We have them here locally. That's, we live on the eastern end of the range here where I am, and they're, they're impressive animals. They're impressive. Yeah. They're cool. I, for me, it got to be more of just like I, I was always drawn to more of the variability that I see in Fasciata, even within yeah. very specific creeks in the same area. You yeah. Just, it, it, and, and, and it's it, a species that was a common species to me growing up within Florida that uh, has just kind of always taken over for me. Kept made it more interesting, I guess, maybe for me because yeah. there's so much to learn with the onogenetic change and 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 how some of these different phenotypes and stuff pass on and carry on through the generations and how they develop. It's just, I don't know, <clears throat> just just keeps me fascinated. Damn it! No rhodiophiles. No rhodiophiles. I, st I still see the tape going over the corn star signage. <laughs> just gotta say the rhodiophiles. <laughs> We'll, we'll have to send those guys over to do it like a collection spotlight or something. You guys, <laughs> you could start your own Rodeo podcast. They can be on TH and then you guys can knock yourselves out. Yeah. <laughs> so that so that Zach so that Zach can listen and probably Aaron Morris will listen yeah. to, yeah. and that's probably it. Nobody else will. Connor Wardle, Connor Connor Wardle would listen to. Yeah, it. Connor Connor will too. Yeah, he'll yeah. he'll he'll definitely get with that. Uh, and, and this and, is probably and, the only podcast he doesn't listen to. Yeah, yeah. five chords. And, and, and Andrew Andrew Rossini will get on board too. He'll he'll definitely oh, yeah. listen, I, listen to it. Legit, I'll still listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll still be like, this is great. All right, all right. Any closing thoughts from you, awesome. gentlemen? No. Uh, lo locality no. talk. Let's anything wrapping up. Ah, keep it keep it pure. Keep it honest. Thank your you. South Carolina Thank corns, you. best in the world. You. South Carolina corns, get them okitis. I got a lot mecca. of them. It's the mecca. There's babies all over the place of them, man. They're badass. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All, all right. right. This show was brought to you by Silent Hill Reptiles, who does not have Nerodia. Uh, but they do have some awesome corns that they're going to be posted for sale soon. Check out their website, silenthillreptiles.com. And then uh, Black Box Cages. Also, I guess if you want to keep Nerodia in them, you can. Some people do for whatever reason. Keep them in the racks. Uh, it works great. I'm telling you. You'll see them the on the video soon. soon when I finish the collection tour that we shot at Jake's place the other day. Whenever I get around to actually being able to finish that. Probably this weekend. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot to get it done. It, it's a lot. A lot of editing. Yeah. That was Jake says, I'm a lot. I didn't realize how long you that never, was. Man. You never realize how how many times you do because I'm guilty of it too. Until you're like editing it, and you're like, oh my god, like shut I even up. get a shut concise up. <laughs> thought out. No, like, dude, I'm all over the place, man. I don't know what it is. Well, There's a camera any, in front of me. We it's had no like, plan. It was just like cool, go. And yeah. Was, uh, 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 <laughs> uh, 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 yeah. You no. know. Uh, yeah, that's me on like a normal basis, anyways. Yes. So Whatever. Um, where can people hunt you down, Sir Montross? Uh, at Dark Horse Herp on Instagram and my Facebook page, uh, Dark Horse Herpticulture on Facebook. And like, if you want to, Chris Montross on Facebook, but I don't use that a whole lot. And like going places and doing things. I don't really post my herp stuff on there because I have that page to kind of keep that all focused on. Pain scab. Uh, Badlands for Predator Culture on Instagram, uh, or just Chris Paint Job on Facebook. Uh, message me. I love talking. Everybody that's ever messaged me is shocked <laughs> the fact that I will fucking not stop talking. 
we have Jani coming out soon, ready to go, probably in three to four weeks. And lots of corns coming out. Uh, the O3 officer already all called for it. And I have gargoyle geckos at the ass because the gargoyle market crashed. Uh, hit me up. The first two people to message me get free gargoyle geckos as long as you pay shipping. I don't give a fuck. I need to get them out of my house. Uh, <laughs> literally. Did you, did you end up selling that that blue motley pair? I did. Oh, yeah. I had that blue motley pair available. Uh, it, it sold once I put them up on the, the, the Facebooks. Not that we allocate selling uh, animals on Facebook. Uh, but, yeah, that's one thing. You know, again, Once, once you showed them off, somebody inquired about them and they found a new home. Yeah, yeah. They found, they found a new home. Uh, really happy with where they went. The gentleman that bought them was very excited about them. Uh, Blue Motley's. Uh, I do want to make one slight correction to one thing that Justin said. Uh, the reason they're called Blue Motley's is not actually because they have that kind of blue tint to them. They're called Blue Motley's because they look like they're in shed at all times. Uh, it looks like they're in blue. Um, hmm. Even when they're in shed, you can't tell they're in shed other than their eye caps. It's kind of weird. Uh, so that's a European line of it, it's the morph combinations of Dilute, Annery, and Motley. Um, and, and cool snakes I wasn't in love with that morph. Uh, that morph combination is really neat. Beautiful snakes, uh, but just kind of so beautiful he couldn't wait to get rid of them. Yeah, they, they kind of no, but I mean, <laughs> uh, I lost money on them selling them. But well, if you include what you cost to feed them to raise them up, it's just about enough. But it, it's it's a weird it's a weird animal. Uh, it, it looks I don't know. I work with ghost stuff. I work with uh, charcoal stuff. I work with charcoal pewter stuff or pewter stuff. Uh, and and the, the, the blue motley uh, combo, some people are really into it. I think it's because as hatchlings, they're just amazing looking. And as they become adults, it just wasn't wasn't my cup of tea. And happy to happy to pass them on. Uh, like I said, the gentleman at the bottom, he's kick-ass. And it sounds like we're probably going to be friends for a while. Because uh, that's what I do to everybody that messages me. We're best friends forever. Because so. we're the three except best friends. Except I'm the bestest friend. Could have What about right. you? Where do people find you? Uh, Palmetto Coast Exotic. Oh, God. What is happening? It went crazy. Yeah. How to wake people up. Yeah. You, you can find me at Longleaf Fertilio on Instagram, Facebook, and you can add me on Facebook if you want. It might take me a few days to actually he doesn't accept anything. it because I don't get on Facebook like at all. Or I, I get on Instagram to post and message Chris and Chris, but. Doesn't talk to me. I see you every week. You don't talk to me either. It takes two to tango. Get the fuck out of here. He doesn't talk to you because you don't keep your radio. Yeah, exactly. You're not cool. Damn, Justin. You, need you got those snotty condoms. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> All right. Thanks All right. for having me on, Everybody, y'all. We'll see you later. Have a good evening. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate Love it. Love you guys. Bye. Later. Later.